0: Hello, Lebowski. This is Inyash.
1: Hey, Inyash. This is Steven. Are you the big Lebowski or the dude Lebowski? I couldn't think of a punny Lebowski. You know, I I should have thought one for June. And again, same thing as as always. I thought of the the name literally as I sat down, and it's like, "What's your name?" When I go to sign into ZenCaster, um, it and that very well. It does. There's there's a there's a nice dude trip at the end of the the reading sequence. So. I felt like it landed pretty well. So what is it that we are doing here, my dude? Oh, yeah. We're talking about uh, Alexander Wales' web serial, Worth the Candle. And this is our podcast about that book called Not Everything is a Clue. It is indeed. And you can support us if you want at our Patreon.
0: It is linked at HPMORpodcast.com, which is our home site. Or you can just search for Not Everything is a Clue on Patreon. Uh, 15% goes to Alexander Wales, who wrote this. And you can also, of course, uh, support Alexander Wales directly at his Patreon, which is also linked at the same place. Uh, As an update, we are now at 24 patrons. So we we just need one more before we force Stephen to do the thing.
1: Oh, good. I was worried you were going to say twenty-five because I I've actually spent some not insignificant amount of time on it, and it's only three pages, or really two and a half, and that's big text. Like this is harder than I thought. But I have no idea yeah, how long I mean, it'll actually take to say this stuff. So
0: yeah, it's only like seven minutes. So it doesn't no, have I to be know. too long, I think. Or I, I don't mean, know if some I can of do them are shorter than s- that. Yeah, some, some of, them, of are them are like, like down to th-
1: three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. Well, we'll see how long it goes. But I I hope it doesn't suck. We'll see yes well there'll be some refinement probably before we you know do the official one but have fun we'll just keep making steven make these until he gets
0: good at them <laughs> yeah that sounds fair <laughs> okay
1: uh we got a few notes before we get into the show don't we we do and the first one isn't really related to the book but i mentioned berserk i don't know at least eight times mm. um cantaro uh, mira the the author died Earlier this month, on like the sixth, but they just announced it a few days ago, um, unexpectedly at age fifty-four, and uh, he's been making uh, Berserk since the eighties, um, maybe the late eighties or early early nineties, and he's do- he's done other stuff too, but I haven't sought out any of his other work. But that's part of why Berserk took thirty years. Was uh, um, you know he was busy with other, you know other parts of his job, and it's a bummer because. You know, I don't know how this works with other things. You know, if a show gets canceled or a book series doesn't get picked back up, if like people ever release like what the rough sketch for the plan was. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's more just, you know, honestly, not having the story finished is the secondary bummer. I mean, I got the impression he was a really awesome dude, and that bums me out. So Yeah. Well, your favorite
0: book series of all time ended the same way, and they hired Brandon Sanderson to finish it with his notes.
1: The main difference there was that uh, uh Robert Jordan knew that that was a distinct possibility that he wouldn't be able to finish. Right. So yeah. so they'd already, you know, he'd already put together detailed notes and they'd asked Brandon Sanderson beforehand if he would do it. So like, uh, yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is that, you know, Mira drew these, he didn't just write the stories. So like mm-hmm. it, it, his art style, is, style. Yeah. Yeah, it, his, his art is amazing. Uh, especially, I mean, just grab, you know, a panel from volume one or two, and then one from 33 and just, compare like the insane amount of detail um, mm. anyway strong recommend everyone go read this uh you know if you're if you're like um there's a good chance we will be in limbo as to how it ends forever but honestly that is thematically not inconsistent that that's not super thematically clashing with the story so um yeah
0: Anyway, and there are a number of really famous works throughout history that just never got completed because their creators died before they got done. And I guess this may be one of them.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I sent you a picture that uh, I'm going to make him put in the show notes for that someone drew done. on Reddit. It was awesome. Uh, or I think someone posted it. What, the, the watermark of it is on the picture. So somebody gets credit. But I saw it on Reddit. Cool. All right. And then I had a question for you because I want to oh, switch okay. immediately to happy news yes Um, let's do that i was putting together uh like my show notes for this episode and it just kind of occurred to me we never talked about the name of the show um like you said it's a phrase that they have going through the story but yeah like is is it one that just called out to you or is it like that you knew i would be sitting here mad eye moodying this whole story (laughs) and you wanted to say over and over not everything is a clue
0: well i mean kind of both because to me one of the things that really gets me is the various meta layers of the story and how the characters interact with them knowing that they're within a game and you know not everything is a clue is a way they start trying to not go insane with recursive paranoia you know it's just like look not everything is a clue don't don't go nuts about this and so like it's it taps into the the thing that i love about this being a very meta story and how they deal with that it's a distinctive phrase that's reused so people who are familiar with the work would recognize it. And yeah, I absolutely knew that you were going to Mad-Eye Moody this shit. And, and the thing is, I also knew that by naming it, not everything is a clue, you would immediately suspect that actually everything is a clue. And I thought that was going to be even more delightful.
1: You are not so, wrong.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I just... I, it, it happened to work out as a perfect name. Excellent. Uh, we got some things from the... Uh, unless you had more on that?
1: No no I just I think it was perfect and and uh, well done now that I I get the origin of the phrase I think you 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 nailed it and gauged me perfectly sweet so
0: from the audience we have hobo Demon. uh there, there is so there's a thing going around with puns and dad jokes and me and how I hate them and all this uh, the the discord kind of mentioned that it's probably more accurate to say I dislike dad jokes rather than I dislike puns there's just a whole lot of overlap between them. Uh, Hobodumian points out that dad jokes are an important part of child rearing. They establish that the parent has a sense of humor without confusing the child's moral development with boundary transgression, humor theory. And then empiricist also adds, it's also humor that doesn't require any references to various historical events or other bits of culture that the child wouldn't know about yet. So yeah, that's, I guess that's a point. I guess you got to have
1: stupid humor for stupid humans. So. <laughs> 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 well, they, they articulated it way better than I could. I, I enjoy them. I think, you know, it, I enjoy goofy wordplay. It's it's uh I mean, I don't know, light humor. It,
0: yeah, it can be delightful. I mean I I I called it stupid humor for stupid humans, but like I still
1: love slapstick
0: stuff too, you know? And that's just stupid Der, guy fell down and bonked his head, but it's still really fun.
1: So I was watching Family Guy this week and there's it was some funny thing where he of course falls down the stairs and he's very hurt. <laughs> But like that's, and it just, to, you know, it's one of those things, like in a cartoon, you get away with doing that, where it's like, yeah. this is a thing from like Tom and Jerry. It's like, how is he okay? He just blew up, you know, like a, like a firecracker in the last sketch. Well, it's like, well, cause he's a cartoon cat. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, anyway, slapstick with, with cartoons, you can take it to a whole other level and they have been doing it forever. Yes.
0: Uh, And the final thing from the Discord was several people actually said that uh, in our last episode, when we were talking about June saying the best part of my time on Arab and how that was probably him writing from the future, since he's done that before, uh, they pointed out that he could have meant my time on Arab so far, just, you know, not saying the so far part. And while I think that is a valid possible reading, I also don't think it's, I I think it's less likely than the him writing from the future since he's done that a few times before, like when he interrupted the story to tell us the rules for warding.
1: Well, I think he's definitely writing from the future. I think that what they, Oh, I see what you're saying that my time on air so far could be in like present tense. Yeah. He writes in the future all the time for me, the, 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 I don't know, the toss up was, is he saying my time on air? Oh, that was a fun time back then. And that's what you say when you're not there anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. or does he mean, you know my life on Arab, This is one of the best parts of it, and this is now his life. the the, yeah. the phrasing is ambiguous, and I'm guessing deliberately so. Like he could be an old guy still on Arab and just
0: like, "Yep, I'm gonna die of old age sometime soon," much like uh, Robert Jordan. And this was the best part of my time on Earth.
1: I wonder if I should. I'll. I don't know. I was gonna like try and think of. I, I should. I should put in advance whether or not I think he will live on Arab forever or not. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning just barely towards no okay. i think he will finish and leave um cool. but i will i'll, I'll refine that and then put it on the the sheet the google spreadsheet that i'm barely maintaining so which yeah we do
0: the link in the show notes so you can check that out again at hpmorepodcast.com
1: and check out the stickied one uh or the pinned one in the the channel on the discord on the non-spoiler channel called no candles or wait no spoilers only candles um, there's a much better sheet that uh, has you know a character sheet with um, uh, better tracking of the quests and all this and that, so it, they're putting the real effort into it where I'm putting more time into you know actually just i don 't know the podcast part, which takes up a and surprising amount of
0: time. It really does, but we also link that um, awesome, fully in-depth character sheet as well.
1: Oh good, so everyone has access to the good one. exactly. All right. well, I'm ready to get started. What about you? I think I'm ready to go, too. Let's jump on into this thing. All right. We jump in. This was right after he got his mind blown by the red alert text from the game. And so I think I mean, I, he does say with uh, some wariness about not wanting to put more stuff into mental stats, he drops a point into physical and luck. So that's how he uses the rest of his points, which is cool, because I know a bunch of stuff was capped by, um, you know, the one... Uh, but what at 18 for physical stats and stuff so getting those up means that he can get those to 20 and probably get more perks yeah. and then and luck at least because luck isn't zero anymore and it only takes one point to boost as opposed to the other primary uh traits
0: yes yeah but also luck only is one stat
1: yeah yeah it's fair unless it was like you know the jump from zero to one is a huge boon but um, on the other hand it also influences everything so it does yeah I, I need to keep my eyes peeled now, because, again, this is like we talked about with men- mental stats going up. You know, he got subtly smarter as his, mm. you know, cunning went up, for example. Um, I'm curious how his mental stuff will work now. If you think about it, at the super, super meta level that I am trying to train for this, by having the game, by, by having that warning and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to keep you the same, and we're going to just shove knowledge into your face when you need it. That's actually a really genius move by Alexander so, that he doesn't have to have an IQ of 190 to write a character with an IQ of 190, right? Right. His yeah. character will be a, you know, will be suddenly genius when he needs to be and he doesn't need to understand how or why. Um, that, yeah, smart move. Uh, yeah. It's a way around that, that trick. But anyway, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for like, oh, that was lucky because he'll be getting some of those. Yeah, that's true. He probably will. Maybe a super weak spider sense or something. Yes. And okay.
0: So he, uh, is going around putting his points um he oh yeah as he said as you just said he was pretty sure that pseudo intelligence was like having tom rolling a knowledge check because he couldn't actually be as smart as a 22 int uh which we talked about last week
1: yeah and i think we talked about last week too that the the downside is that if now it's just going to be knowledge shoved into his head when he needs it it might be tied to like rolls you know like i imagine how much he can bench press when he dumps points into fizz isn't uh dictated by a, a dice roll right um, yeah. If his if his intelligence is, then he could just be you know he could he could draw a blank when he's like I know I know this you know not, I'm not even asking for like additional knowledge he just rolls on that one and I don't know forgets to turn left instead of right or something right um, That's you know that's an interesting point because in
0: in most games like. There's a direct correlation between your strength score and how much you can deadlift, right? Like you can look up the chart and it'll tell you uh, what you can deadlift at what um, strength point, but you still roll for things like, can you catch the gate and hold it open long enough for your friends to get through, even though you would think that's maybe just a straight deadlift kind of thing. I mean, maybe like it also depends on how tired you are from the fighting you've been doing and how, how well you managed to plant your feet before you catch it but it, it seems like rolling a d20 for that is just way too variable of an outcome for something that should be pretty standard just based on what your actual muscle mass is
1: yeah i mean i guess when it's when you're gamifying stuff you've got to say okay well this is now like game relevant we've got to put the game factor into it um have you started god of war yet
0: no i have not which really bums me out because i i think it'll be relevant for the thing we're recording on saturday but maybe i'll have some time to play it sometime it's just my my weeks are so busy they actually have me going to the office once a week now which you know
1: the beginning of the end is in sight yeah (laughs) oh no (laughs) my we don't have an office anymore so i'm not even sure what state my employer is headquartered in so (laughs) jesus Um, that's pretty cool yeah. Well, if I ever go to an office, it'll be a, a trip to somewhere on the West coast, I think. Uh, yeah, um, they're probably headquartered
0: in South Carolina. They have very favorable corporate taxes in South Carolina.
1: That, maybe that's where they're like, you know, incorporated or something, but I know that they've, I think that some of the people at least live in either Washington or Oregon. I can't remember which, but mm, okay. Uh, in any case, yes, uh, back to the show. I was, well, I, I mentioned God of War only because, uh, you know, he has feats of strength in that, that like you just don't get when you're punching enemies. And it's like, okay, right. yeah, for the story, we need him to be able to, whatever, throw this fucking mountain or something. But oh, nice. I, I I I use an example that's not actually in the game, but it is, it is you know, insane feats of strength. Whereas like when you're punching a, a zombie, if he could hit it with the strength that he just threw, you know, whatever giant boulder with or something, it would just, he could one-shot everything, right? So Yeah, the head I, thought the zombie would vaporize. Yeah, so I doubt that like every thought June has will be governed by some mysterious hidden random number generator. Um, but I, I do wonder if next time he tries to build a rocket, if he's going to roll a nat zero some or nat one somewhere through. And if he will get a critical failure on knowledge, I don't know. Yeah. No, you don't get critical. Uh, eh, we'll analyze that's, that later. That's what
0: we call brain farts. Yeah. It's like when you walk into the kitchen and you roll a natural one, you're like, shit, I don't remember why I walked into the kitchen.
1: <laughs> Story of my life. Or <laughs> yeah, right. really, like this morning, I keep—I li- I, I went downstairs twice to go get my tea out of the microwave, and just kept forgetting why I went downstairs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's because you hadn't had your tea yet. That's right. Um, so let's see. Oh, I, I guess he's like—he's feeling bummed from the existential crisis about you know his nature, the nature of his reality. Yeah, and right. He- and he meets back up with Fen and Grak, who thankfully seem unchanged. Yes. I didn't think that we'd get a radical trans- transformation of them. But if we did, this would have been when it, when it was going to happen. So, Yeah. But, but yeah,
0: now everything seems to be more or less the same. And he tries to interact with them and like feel engaged with the discoveries of the magic items they're doing and stuff. But he says, my sense of detachment wasn't so easily cured, especially since the news was boring. And I thought, yeah, yeah, no, duh. You, you just had Morpheus basically come up to you and say, you live in the Matrix, and it's possible everything you remember is a lie. But here's a pocket watch and a chair. Good luck finding out what they do. Have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the, I mean, one of them gave like the longitude and latitude, which is like cool, but nothing to write. Th- I think his words were nothing to write home about. And then the chair, a, they couldn't figure it's a, out. It's a bigger deal
0: than he's saying. Like, I mean, maybe not for them since they have a teleportation device, but for the average person in the world, since they can't navigate using the stars or the sun, that would be
1: fucking useful. Oh yeah, it's I mean, and just given the the sheer landmass of the planet, I almost don't want to call it a planet, um of the plane. Uh hey, you think that's a clue? He arrived on a plane. And it, it's a it's a flat landmass like a plane. I'm going to take your silence as that was a great pun. Um or maybe your mic's broken. You're not saying anything
0: uh so i have lost power Stephen. i am recording from my laptop which is why this is working and the yeah the sir the uh, router is on drake's backup supply how long does the backup supply usually work mr drake 180 minutes okay so uh we ha- the the ba- the router will last for 180 minutes my laptop will not last for 180 minutes so right now we are limited by my laptop battery i say we go as far as we can and hopefully we'll have power back before uh before this ends and if we don't then we'll have to finish recording tomorrow
1: the fact that you have backup power for your internet is badass
0: yes it's it's a
1: wonderful thing to have drake is the ban look i guess is that just so you can play on your phone when i guess you could still connect your devices to it if your devices have batteries
0: well it's mainly because drake has been working from home for five six years i'm not sure even how long he's been doing it and he decided early on he needed something like that in case there was temporary power outages that would prevent him from not being able to work anymore
1: that's really fucking smart i should look at getting something like that
0: but yeah so um i'm sure all our listeners have noticed the sudden drastic decrease in my audio quality that is because uh Everybody on the Discord was like, Eneash, we know you have good quality microphones in your house, and yet you put yourself on the fucking headphones for this podcast. Uh, we are not having that anymore. Start using the good mics. I said, fine, and I brought them downstairs, and I plugged them all in, and everything was sounding great. And then a few minutes in, the power went out, and the fancy mics need actual power from the wall. So uh, now I'm back on my headset, and if we get power again, I'll switch back to the fancy mic, but until that happens, uh,
1: here we are. Fair enough. Yeah, my pun was so good, it knocked the power out of your house. Dude, that's a hell of a pun. All right. I, so, I think I missed it. Oh, uh, that's all right. But you know he'll what? Have...
0: Maybe I'm better off having missed it.
1: Yeah, I'll take your... Uh, we'll, we'll just have to leave that out there for everyone else. Anyway, so you're right. He's They've got their, their compass and their mysterious chair that doesn't do anything or does something that they can't figure out. And uh, then he spent some time training, which uh, I... I love how he's trying, to, um, he's trying to do multiple trainings at once, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maximize the time you're doing it. And Everything
0: uh, should be efficient.
1: That's right. So the end result of that was him dashing across an open clearing, trailing flames from his hands, and singing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up while Fenn fired blunted arrows at him. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And that is the most badass thing he, or perhaps anyone ever, has done.
0: <laughs> it's, it's definitely up there.
1: It, that yeah it's outstanding and he's gaining skills faster than he thought he would um because cunning the tooltip specifically said it was used to learn things or learn new yeah. things which like you know we should man if he or i had realized that earlier that have been awesome because it's like uh i think intelligence in fallout ties directly to experience yeah and uh it's valuable to have if not if for another other purpose than that, right? It's insanely valuable like if it would give him more
0: experience then absolutely he should be maxing that, but on the other hand if all it does is let him reach his skill cap faster then I'm not sure it's that valuable cuz he's capping his skills pretty quickly.
1: That's true, but as they, you know, it, we're at chapter 37 of 200 and change. I imagine they're going to get way higher than 20, so as the grind gets longer he'll be grateful for those cunning points. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, so he's done doing that. Um, I think he gets monkey grip, which lets him hold one-handed weapons or big weapons easier. And Thaumic dodger, which makes it easier for him to dodge magic. Oh, which he does. He doesn't quite dodge it later, but he doesn't get hit by magic. Luckily, perhaps. I mean, I feel like it was because it was just skill when he's running away from the, the library. Oh, you're right. Or maybe that was a combination of that and luck. Yeah, I'd, I think it... it is arguably domic dodger luck and just like deliberate skill, you know, yeah. like, like serpentine he's, he's dodging stuff, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, maybe those came into play. That's pretty cool. So after that, they've got boring dinner cause it's stockpiled food and he's laying in his room, trying not to dread on, <laughs> trying not to dwell on the existential dread and bummer thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a knock at his door and who's there. And, uh, well, it's
0: Finn, but even before he goes to answer the door, he's there's a bit of him that's, like, thinking it's really convenient that the universe gave him this distraction right before he was about to go into this existential spiral. And I also think that that is really fucking convenient, that it just happens to be right there. And, I mean, I would hate to live with that level of paranoia. Right. Because always constantly thinking is this is this a natural thing that happened or was this inserted into the world specifically for me
1: how how much of my life is being scripted this is like this this the same just madness uh twisted mayhem that leads to uh the whatever the warder at the top of the uh gold mage the gold mage's uh Mm. penthouse you know happening to making out with that guard right then you know like her whole day led to her being right there and that was right when he was there like you know that's exactly how video games work but video game people come into existence at the time that you're opening the door right yeah uh, it's i i hope that Fan and Amarellis are actually off doing things when he can't see them yeah <laughs> but it's weird yeah. because like in any in any
0: normal book that we would be reading if something like that were to happen we would just be like okay you know coincidences happen sometime it makes up a good story rock on keep going but like since this is specifically about being in a work of fiction he's constantly thinking like is this like a legit thing that just happened to to happen or or is this because i'm in a work of fiction and yeah it's i don't know man
1: uh yeah we're it's trip. It's, yeah it's it, it sure is um anyway uh she's she's here to tell him that uh you know, Grack told me not to fuck you, basically. <laughs> yes.
0: Basically, she literally says those words.
1: Right. And I, I yeah, we're the, well, we're, yeah, those, those weren't her, his exact words. No. I like, I like how he says that, uh, or she said that he knows how to read between the lines, but he makes sure that those lines are really, really far apart so that you have to read between them. <laughs> yes. But it's the thought that counts. It is. Because
0: Grack's trying to accommodate these humans and their weird inabilities to to just speak directly with each other
1: yeah i also really like to imagine that you know Emerald uh, is in there super sick and he knocks on her door to have the same talk with her uh just you know covering all his bases right. uh,
0: i know that you're feeling like shit right now but some dick is not going to make you feel better even if you think it might
1: right please don't try and have sex with me yeah huh?
0: although to be fair <laughs> having sex when you're feeling like shit often makes you feel better for the time you're having sex
1: uh, unless your arm hurts the whole time, but yeah, maybe.
0: I've I found that like just the rush of endorphins and hormones and stuff will block out everything, and then sometimes afterwards I'm like, oh boy, that I just managed to strain that even more. But man, was it nice to not be feeling any pain for those those times. Worth it. Yep. Yep. Might be the last time I ever get to procreate. Is what <laughs> my body says. So, fuck all the hormones. Fuck all the pain. We're getting this done. I told you about the 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 deer that can copulate while fleeing predators. Uh, what? Okay, so <laughs> I don't remember if they're deer or antelope or what, but one of the, the grazing species, uh, like in general, sex in nature is usually pretty damn fast. And the, there's these de- uh, deer, the species that can literally, as they're running away from predators, a male will hap on a woman, like blows load, and they just keep running. Because you know, might be his last chance ever to get the uh to get his genes passed on into the next generation. You never know, huh? Yeah, I mean, so I I always think of that when I'm like, you know, in in intense pain, but then like the sex happens anyway. I was like, yep, that was my body being like, dude, you could die from this thing right now. You better get it out there.
1: That uh, I I will see it on a nature documentary at some point. I'm sure it'll be actually really funny. I mean. Unless the unless the male slows down afterwards to let himself be eaten, it's almost like wasting his time if they both get tackled, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. he you know, he's in his refractory period, he's probably is running slower afterwards, but um anyway, I I had to pull this out because I, I think I mentioned last week and I forgot to follow up on the one piece of counter evidence. Um it mentions that uh well, June thinks that she might be approaching the the limits on Sable, but just because she's stuffing it full of literally everything she can get her hand on and uh, the line is she's stolen all the chairs from the big table on the lawn. And when I, I still think there's a good chance that those are, uh, Arthur Pendrag's tables and that they belong to the Knights nice of the Square table. But I didn't mention last week that the main piece of evidence that it's not his table is that it was a rectangular table and not a square one. Was it rectangular? It was. Okay. Yeah. yeah so maybe it's not his table after all.
0: That's, that's true but you still were offended that she would steal from the Knights of the square table. Yeah.
1: I mean, not surprised, but offended. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she'll take whatever she can get her again, literally everything. It's showing that yeah. she's just grabbing whatever she can touch. Right. Um, if it's
0: not, if it's not magically thought to be part of the rest of the house due to hinges or nails or something, she's taken it.
1: <laughs> so funny. And she argues that it is a, uh, you know, kind of tailor made tool for, for thievery. Um, I was kind of like when she said that she stole the, um, I think it was the
0: armoire from the hotel they they were staying in. <laughs> I was like, dude, that was like a mom and pop inn, and you just like stole their furniture. That shit ain't cheap, like, Ben. What the fuck, man? Chill yeah. out with the kleptomania.
1: I, I'm, I'm curious if there is an upper limit on this thing. I mean, if it's going to just void space, then maybe there's not. Although it's a, uh, can can bags of holding in D and D hold everything, or is it just like. A thousand pounds worth of stuff or something.
0: Uh, I think there was a limit.
1: It makes sense that it makes sense that there's a limit because I mean otherwise you would just walk through cleaning out towns. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's there's probably never a limit on this somewhere. Yeah. Uh, All
0: right. So, anyways, she pulls out of her uh, glove the uh, the book of having sex with people. Uh, <laughs> it was, I guess, a book of the races of Arab. Uh, but she tells him that um. It's, it's, not, it's not really just about the races. It's about this pervert gnome who went around <laughs> with all his money sampling all the uh, prostitutes of every race and gender on the planet. And uh, she wants him to not read the one on elves or half-elves, please.
1: And apparently he paid people of various races to have sex with each other for science.
0: Oh, with each other? I assumed it was with him because you know he's a lecherous old dude or whatever
1: collecting stories and paying whatever necessary to various ladies and gentlemen of the night to get to get up close to get an up close look i, I figured the up close look was him just sitting there you know arms folded leaning in watching them do it to see how it's done with you know pen and paper in hand but maybe oh, he meant see. super up close so in his banging yeah. everything yeah
0: i assumed it said ladies and gentlemen because he was by and he wanted to sample all the wares
1: it could be it you know let's if, if he's that wealthy and horny of a gnome, it could have just been and, – and he's still scientifically inclined. He'd be like, all right, uh, you elf and you dwarf, I want you guys to have sex. And when you're done, I'll have sex with both of you because who knows what happens when, <laughs> when gnomes have sex with elves and dwarves. So let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. Good anyway, so she doesn't want him to read the book entry on, on elves or uh, half-elves. Yes. And I'm, after learning about what it says about dwarves, I kind of get why. But I'm curious what's really so personal in there because she's never – I don't know. What, modest?
0: Yeah. Like, he he specifically calls her out, says, you know, she says you could call something like modesty. And he's like, you? Like, you have to know that when you say don't look in the book, I have to assume there's something in there that would be of immense interest. And Fen tells him, it's not a clue. Not everything is a clue. It's personal, All right?
1: I mean, we can now infer from this and be 100% positive that there's a very important clue in this book.
0: I, this could be the difference between the party getting a total wipe or coming through on a uh, <laughs> on a boss fight.
1: You never know when that knowledge of, of Elvin Coitus will come in handy.
0: Exactly. Um but yeah, I don't know. Do you so if this was just a video game and one of the 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 members of your party like gave it back to you but said don't read it like from a game utility maximizing perspective, do you think you should
1: read it or you would read it? in a game you basically always do right unless you right. know that they will somehow know um you know unless he goes and confesses to her that he read it she wouldn't know in this she's not just you know a character she's a person who's asking him a favor right um oh you know what yeah. he should have done he should have let this count as a favor that she owes him oh yeah well, he, did, that's he didn't he didn't think about
0: getting a little petty but yeah. like on on the other hand in a game you don't know if like maybe it keeps track of that and 10 hours down the line that comes back to bite you in the ass after you've already, you know, saved over your saves or you just don't want to replay the last fucking 10 hours of the game. Oh, sure.
1: But if if I offend some, some video game character, it's okay, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll live with the consequences of that, but this is a person.
0: Yeah. So it's different when it's an actual person.
1: Yeah. However, there is a circumstance under which I'd read this book because she comes in and she says, all right, she has all these conditions for surrendering the book one is don't read the thing on uh, elves and half elves um i forget what the second thing was and then the third one was uh like oh no second one was third one was we're not gonna have sex but second one oh whatever order second was we're not gonna have sex and then third was i want you to try to lower my loyalty um which i you know what would it take to lower loyalty right so it's it wasn't him like going against her wishes in the uh, um, gold mages tower right yeah when she said let's get out of here instead of going for the the gold yeah so i mean i was i was uh kind of put off is a gentle way to put it where she says all right let's not have sex and i want you to try and lower my loyalty which you can only do by you know disobeying my wishes or really offending me and it's like are you asking me to have sex with you when you just said not to have sex with you um
0: oh wow that's that's kind of so wow so basically
1: rape me that that i mean that was the, the fact that she delivered it in that order that you know and it's Fenn. uh I, I,
0: I don't think she meant it that way necessarily. no i don't think so either
1: but that okay that, that was that was just like the first horrifying thought that came to my mind right gotcha uh, yeah so no, what i would well, do if i really wanted to lower her loyalty would be read that book right absolutely, or read those chapter, yeah. read those chapters of that book yeah. or if i didn't want to be an asshole i could just tell her i read them and than ha- than actually not have done it right. Uh, yeah. Just like, like it- go into her go go find her tomorrow afternoon and say, hey, I read the stuff on elves and and humans. Sorry. And then if she gets pissed and her loyalty doesn't go down, you can report back, hey, that didn't drop your loyalty. I was lying to do a science. I didn't actually read it. Um, yeah. Or you actually read it and then you quote part of it to her to just really try and you know hit that nail really hard. But right. Uh, I I think you would have to actually read it because the game would
0: know that you didn't read it and maybe wouldn't decrease your loyalty. The thing is, like what you said, in the Gold Mage's Tower, when he went against her wishes and went with uh, the Amaryllis' wishes instead, like that's a classic video game moment of plus one loyalty to one, minus one to the other, right? No matter which one you choose, one's getting a plus and one's getting a minus to loyalty. But like that didn't happen here. So it's not using just the standard video game thing it really feels like to lower someone's loyalty you'd actually have to do something that would legitimately damage a friendship and that's just like you don't want to do that and June didn't want to do it either he said no
1: yeah i i guess if i was june i might have at least you know said let's put a pin in that you know outright refusing if she's really worried about this manipulating her mental uh freedom yeah it 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 almost sounds like he's not He's like, I'm not going to surrender my power over you, right? Um, it, I mean, sort of, but
0: also like, if if I don't know one of someone that you really care for, like one of the best men from your wedding or or Rachel or something, wanted you to hurt them, like, would you really do something that you knew would be actually really hurtful to them?
1: I mean, so that's 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 kind of the puzzle he's in, right? Like, if I overcame all of my instincts not to do that because they really wanted me to that sounds like a really loyal thing to do yeah um, so yeah that's uh
0: if you do try to lower their loyalty you're doing what they wanted to do so it might raise it and yeah, yeah. the whole thing yes I mean
1: I think the, the only way to, to do it like I said would be just, would be to do something really gratuitous um, yeah and it seems like she really doesn't want to read this book or she was saying that to try and give him an opportunity to test the loyalty thing. Uh, oh, very interesting. That if could we're going to Mad-Eye Moody this conversation, but that's right. I don't know. I mean, other than like, I don't know, just like spitting in her face and, you know, telling her like, I'm never going to listen to your stupid input. I'm always going to go with my vote because I'm the, the party leader and you guys are all my imagination or something like, you know, th- I can't think of what he could do that would be severe enough that wouldn't just, yeah, like you said, totally ruin everything. I don't know how you drop one loyalty point right yeah. i know how you go from 10 to 0 i can think of lots of right. ways to do that yeah <laughs> i can't think of a way to go from 10 to 9 um you know uh, steal the you know the favorite snack of hers from the pantry like i mean that's that's a super light transgression i don't think that would do anything right yeah yeah well he's got he's he, in a he decides
0: to he decides to increase her loyalty instead or not really but he he jokes back at her once he he she gives him the book he says well i got the book now all your leverage is gone that <laughs> wasn't very smart negotiating there which i thought was great because he's basically picking up fenn's humor and just using it back at her to play with her and i thought that was great and yeah building a rapport
1: it's it's exactly the kind of joke that she would make uh, yeah she, do- she doesn't really think it's funny though i think that she's trying to have a serious conversation um yeah but that's that's the thing she does all the time too when other people are trying to have serious conversations start joking and stuff so that's that's true Eats
0: your own medicine Fen.
1: yeah how's that taste Mm. maybe that would be a loyalty see again i i I don't know how you go down one loyalty if if taking the side that she didn't want in almond's tower didn't do it um you know again like slapping her across the face when she doesn't want you to i i don't know I I get why he's super, super not wanting to do this science, right? Uh, Yeah. Anyway, the other thing was that she wanted to sleep in his room tonight, uh, presumably for safety or because of comfort, because A, he's the most badass person in the party, but B, like, they've been hanging out for a long time, and that's how they've been managing at the hotel and stuff. Maybe she just sleeps better next to him. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. You you pulled out the bit about, much better for me to have the most dangerous member of our party at arm's length.
0: I did and i was thinking about maybe just skating past that but now that you mention it yeah i i i just thought that that was sort of like i mean my comment was that kind of hurts but is undeniable because yeah that that kind of sucks to be known as like the dangerous one but i mean he is so
1: what's he gonna do lie about it i mean i i to me it's flattering dangerous is the same thing as badass you know yeah i guess i just
0: I maybe this is just a personal hang up of mine. I don't like people thinking of me like in ways of how dangerous I am, what damage I can do. But you know, That's maybe valid. if you're going for that, it's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean this is a pretty combat heavy world, but I see I see what you're saying. Yeah. If she had said the most badass member of our group or something, um or most uh competent or whatever, that'd be one thing. But she chose the word dangerous. Now I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um so he has he has a condition. Uh, which is all right, fine, but you can sleep beside me tonight. But when we get up in the morning, you have to make a point of loudly and insistently telling both Kraken and Amaryllis that nothing happened between us.
2: Hmm.
1: And she's, I, I, what I don't get is she's like, wait, is that a joke? And he thinks he thinks it's funny. I think it's kind of funny. Um, hmm. and I, this will be the last time we mentioned puns in the, uh, the episode because I'm will sick of this dead dope? horse. Okay.
2: Huh?
1: I mean, I, I, I don't know, yeah. but. When he says, "I thought it was funny," there's probably some debate over whether or not that's uh, enough to qualify something as a joke. And I said, "Is this narrative commentary on mine and Enosh's eternal debate about the foundiness of puns?" And I understand <laughs> that it wasn't a pun. I did okay, that to annoy good. you. Uh, uh,
0: it worked a little bit, but I also knew you were you were just needling at me, so <laughs> I had to respond with all caps. That wasn't a pun because that is the proper repost in this case. But yes, it's I not knew a clue. Not.
1: I mean, pun. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I knew you were not actually, yeah.
1: That said, I wouldn't put it... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go on. I said, that said, I wouldn't put it past Alexander Wales to have written a story that anticipated this meta commentary and included co- discussion about it in the story. So, That's some
0: seriously advanced thinking. He is one level higher than us.
1: One more meta than we can ever hope to be.
0: Yes. I honestly wasn't clear about whether that was a joke or not. Because... um I don't know. It just, it almost seems like a thing that you would actually request. I don't know. It, it or maybe it just wasn't very funny. Or I didn't think it was very funny. Like Fen's comment of you had comedy and you wanted anti comedy as a skill, like applied because <laughs> I, I didn't think it was funny, but like her retort was totally funny. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just have more of Fen's sense of humor.
1: I, I took him at, you know, hey, look, you, you know, I don't want to piss off Grack and because I'm a, Seventeen-year-old boy with a hard-on pointed in Amar- Amaryllis' direction. I don't want her to think that we're shacking up. So you got to make it clear that uh, you know that we're not that we're not together together. Yeah. And so uh, see, that's that's a little interesting too, though, because like maybe
0: it, it, if she went around loudly saying that we're not having sex, it might trigger Amorilisa. Hey, she's you know getting closer as a competitor. I might want st- to move up a work on june a little harder here like it could be one of those starting competition to try to i don't know you know trying to make the the whole jealousy thing happen that people do
1: yeah so yeah i think that that's why she doesn't make a like an effort to say it Tamara, like to taunt so she goes out the next morning and and loudly they're the first ones awake so there's no point but instead she does go around loudly describing all the ways they didn't have sex uh, <laughs> to,
0: to Greg specifically, and I really wish that we would have gotten some actual dialogue about that. Like, yeah, we just slept to slept next to each other. June didn't bend me over and just like rail me hard until things were flying.
1: Nor did he. St- yeah. yeah. <laughs> nor did he do this or that. And You're you can right, be right? sure there was none of this. Um, yeah, I I could have I could have dug some of those jokes. Um,
0: Not once did his balls slap against my <laughs> chin. You- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was going to go for some graphic examples, but I don't think I can top that one. I mean, I could, <laughs> but this is this is only a mature audience's show. We're not going for you know full pornography ratings. So, um, yeah. all right. Well, speaking of full pornography rating, for God's mm. sake, I don't want to read the. Uh, I, I gave Alexander a high five in my head for writing an in, mm. in, an in story book that I don't want to read, which is the uh, the Book of Blood or whatever that bestiary of of the species of Arab.
0: Yeah, so he's yeah. got this thing. Um, he, he describes specifically the dwarves, like, is pulled out. Um, dwarves engaged in coitus with each other uh. via something <laughs> called the cloacal kiss, which the Book of Blood described in exacting clinical detail, but which I will describe here as gross, particularly the section on cloacal winking. And uh, cloaca is just a combined all purpose poop shoot and pea shoot and reproductive shoot that uh birds in general have i think um lizards maybe as well um but yeah i like i know about it from chickens since we had chickens for a while
1: yeah i think it's birds and lizards which are close relatives uh like yeah. reptiles and and birds um yeah but yeah, like the,
0: the he he made the he, despite like i mean this itself sounds kind of gross and something you don't want to hear but 100 percent gross it, yeah, but like the way he writes about the book in the line surrounding this too, just like the whole thing sounds like a creepy lecherous dude that you do not want to read this book. Like even if
1: you're clinically okay with cloacal winking or whatever,
0: like it, it just sounds like it's.
1: Ugh. I I don't get any lecherous vibe from it whatsoever because it says that he describes it in exacting and clinical detail. It just sounds like a you know uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm super prude. You know I just. Uh, I don't. I don't want the clinical details, you know, like um those uh those videos of childbirth that they that they offer for expecting parents to watch. You know, I've never watched one and I don't plan to. I think they tried to show us them in health class and I just didn't care to look. I'm sure it's natural and beautiful and whatever, but it's not my cup of tea. Things, yeah. you know, uh, small humans coming out of humans is just gross. Um, they tried
0: to like how much? Well, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to know.
1: Yeah. Let's let's not. So let's <laughs> okay. let's just. Be I don't know, happily ignorant. Uh, so the the rest of this chapter is them basically laying out like, all right, what are our current options for where we want to go? And um they've got Caldwick, which is where Uther Pendrag pulled the sword from the stone, they've got Amaryllis' uh uh Athenaeum of Quills and Blood, and then they've got Cranberry Bay, which is the home to the Athenaeum of Bone and Flesh. Um and like basically they've only got three candidates. And so, uh, and then right
0: before they like start talking about picking a place to go, there's this aside in parentheses where June talks for a while about like the empire, it's kind of like the UN and not very effective. And then he describes how Athenaeums are kind of like political entities and how and why that works, and how, you know, book publishers don't really want to go foul of them because of these economic reasons. And it goes on for a bit, and then at the end he goes, where were we? Oh, right, trying to pick a place to go. <laughs> and really, the whole thing is just like a world-building exposition dump. But as opposed to most expedition exposition dumps would tend to be tedious, this, this one was like really entertaining and well done. And I don't know how he keeps pulling off this thing where he makes interesting and entertaining ex- expedition dumps,
1: but he does, and I really like them. He's a really, really good writer. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, they lay out the places and then there's this five paragraph parenthetical and even, you know, in our, us, the reader, we're like, what are we even talking about? And then him, he's like, what were we doing again? Oh yeah. Trying to pick a place to go. And so it's so good at just being exactly in my head as, you know, my head and June's head are in exactly the same spot, but also the, uh, um, just circle, like he's writing a character that already like has attention problems. Right. So when he gets distracted, it's perfectly in character for him. Yeah. and then this is example of that we get some cool exposition and then parent the parenthetical is over and we're back to like the actual story and uh they decide on the uh the cranberry bay because the he does these cool little like star ratings of you know uh how likely there is is it to solve each of our problems not dangerous dangerous is it and stuff but more importantly the uh the Cranberry Bay one has the school of bone and flesh, which is the one that actually might help with their problems. Uh, I think it's kind of cute that they're bothering to look into a cure for rat rot in the first place. Like they know the cure; the game told them it's it's unicorn blood. But yeah. they might as well do the uh, you know look research boneitis, which I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be cured by unicorn blood. Like I'm really glad that they didn't not think of trying that. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it would have been eye rollingly d- unbelievable. If they were like, well, all right, we're going to leave our perfect healing machine there and let's go off and study for how to find the solution to bone Um So they, they at least try that. And I can at this point, I can be sure it won't work because we've got the update from the quest that goes on later on. But uh, before, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they go to uh, Cranberry Bay.
0: Yes. Which is a special place because he created it when he was nine years old and it was a sweet, innocent place. And, uh, we're going to see that it's still sweet and innocent because everybody loves Cranberry Bay.
1: And it was the first campaign he ever made and he called it Cranberry yeah. Bay. It's so adorable. Yeah. Nine years old, man. Yeah. It was precocious. And I think that, you know, from the glimpse that we got of it, they're in and out pretty fast, which is smart. Um, cause things went South real quick, but, uh, it seems like it's, you know, pretty happy here. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't like, you know, they're going to get there and it's some just, you know, terrible hellhole. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get there to chapter thirty-eight where they decide to split the party.
0: Don't split the party! Never split the party.
1: You're not supposed but we'll to do that. that they, yeah,
0: we'll yeah. get into that one thing. Yeah, we're gonna that once they split the party, though. <laughs>
1: well, there's <laughs> there's not much. They they teleport in. Fen has more clothes for everybody because, of course, she does. Um, because she's been steal. I, I mean, she must have walked into a store at some point and just you know robbed that poor place dry. And mm-hmm. if this is anything like, well, now they've got factories and stuff, but uh, you know, clothes are hard to make, so um yeah it's it's one thing to steal i don't know uh a bunch of food that you found on the ground or something right but you know the shopkeeper ordered in all those clothes to try and sell well now they're fucked because they didn't sell the clothes now they can't afford their next order and she may have just ruined a life and you know yeah caused caused the next war by by kicking off the next dark lord right
0: right stop doing that Fen. could be bad times for everybody
1: yeah oh man we got to talk about i'll well, when we get there, but apparently doing basic kindnesses gets you really far in this game. So, uh, but I'll call that out when we get there. Um, anyway, they teleport in without incident, which is cool. Yeah. They, they just, they don't waste any time. Um, the plan is Grack's going to go look at Bonitis. Amaryllis is going to go nap. Uh, Fenn is going to go also look for bonitis stuff They're yeah
0: they're all looking for bonitis and rat rot stuff but in different areas like june is going to the library to try to find some books and grac was going to talk to a professor or something i don't recall yeah
1: something they were like all,
0: that yeah they were all researching various different avenues because they only got seven days at most before amaryllis gets, starts getting irreversible damage and they don't want to fuck around
1: right and i oh, like, like this hey, the He's like, when they talk about the plan to split the party, all they could think about was a title card saying, 30 weeks later, or the game gets captured. (laughs) And uh, he's just, uh, yeah, it's a simple plan. And of course, simple plans work out great. So don't make us nervous at all.
0: And so we get another cool flashback to a game playing session uh, back on Earth.
1: Yeah. And um, there's not much to do. I mean, it's a nice quick cutaway that just gives the lesson you know, when you split the party, you're fucked, and it's narratively unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, that's. I, mean, I think yeah, because Raymer makes the we we have a balance of abilities, and if we're split up, we're just kind of you know broken and fucked. And Arthur is the one that says, yeah you you can't do uh ha- you can't do very much because there's only one fucking DM. Half the party is just sitting around waiting for the the. To, for the other groups to get done, and then the DM goes to the work with that group, and then the other group is sitting around waiting. I've, I've, he says it takes you're taking the collaborative out of collaborative role playing. And yes, I mean they're both right, but I think Arthur is more right because have you have you ever played a RPG where or a tabletop game where they split the party?
1: Yeah, we were split uh, in the incident I described last week, where um, my dumb character was was talking with some water nymph and like didn't follow her obvious suggestion that like she actually had a bunch of treasure. Cause she Mm -hmm. just poorly lied about it. But my character is too dumb to catch that. Um, If anyone else had been there, they would have caught it immediately. But my character had the super low intelligence. Doesn't it
0: make things like really slow and boring
1: and shit? Oh yeah. When it's, when it goes back to them, I just sit there and play on my phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we, When I was playing, we didn't really have fancy smartphones yet, so people would go off and play board games while the DM was with one people, and it was just, it was the worst fucking thing, and I eventually, like, implemented this rule, just no splitting the party, period. You, you can't do it, and uh, I, was, I was a player in this campaign where that happened, but, like, I... It, at, at some point, it just gets so awful that even if it would be the... The thing that would make most sense in a story, in in a story or in a game, you just don't do it because it's so not fun.
1: Yeah, and you know, it occurs to me he should just have this. You know, he should get this tattooed, or he could tattoo it himself, I guess, on his arm that says, uh, "What would Raymer do?" Um, <laughs> I feel bad. like I feel like this guy has games figured out. And granted, mm-hmm. it's easier to figure out the games than you can read the manual, which June can't. But uh, he he does point out that by themselves, most of the classes. Can only take on a very specific range of tasks, which is why, like the adventuring party, because we've got you know a tank, a paladin, a healer, a mage, etc. Like they can do anything because they can they can cover all their bases. Um, he says that by themselves, the classes can only do like a very specific range. Unless you're a high level wizard, because wizards are OP, and mm-hmm. this makes me think of uh, Professor Quirrell. Like Rule Ten: Become Snake if can. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. Rule One is become high level wizard if possible.
0: Right. But you need a hell of a party to get to the high level part.
1: I mean, I suppose. He, he's doing a good job training himself. Uh,
0: yeah, he's, I wouldn't call him a high level wizard yet.
1: No, no, not yet. But he's, 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 only, he's just getting started, you know? And he's got a hell of a party helping him out. Of course. Oh, you know what? We might have pushed past that. When he got some skills to level 20, it said you can no longer be increased by like uh, amateur training. Mm-hmm. So there is a cap. Like It either has to be trained during combat or with like an actual professional. Um, and
0: I bet you the professional caps out too whereas uh, I'm assuming training by experiencing things in combat has no cap besides yeah. maybe like what the actual max of skill in the game is.
1: In Skyrim you could just pay somebody to t- to train you to do stuff and all it was the just, way to
0: the all the way?
1: Uh there were there were like different levels of trainers and I think every skill had an expert level trainer or a master level trainer but I think even then they could only get you to like 95. And the cost gets really high, but when you've played a game long enough, money doesn't mean anything. And so, yeah, you could just like, you know what? I don't feel like actually doing any pickpocketing in this game. So I'm going to find this person in Windhelm uh, to teach me to pickpocket instead. And just, oh, and you can only do five trainings per level. Oh, okay. Well, that was the other limiting factor. Yeah. That's a big factor then. But
0: so he, he, he had this, you know, thinking thinking about splitting the party, the flashback, and then they all split up. And he does think to himself, like, what happens to Finn and Amaryllis when they're out of the narrative focus? I had no idea. And I think that's a smart thing to think. Like, if he is the main character of a video game, do they not exist when he's not looking at them? Because it would save a lot of computer resources to not go around rendering every single little thing when people, when you don't have to.
1: Yeah, I mean... At this point, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, there's no, no, um, there's no observational difference he'll ever experience from it. Yeah, and it's, you know, things will happen to them, either in quotes or not, when they're not near each other. Like, I, I mean, you know, I might as well ask the same thing about my life,
0: right? And yeah. I don't know. Do you ever?
1: No, I, I mean, I I'm sure I've did, I, I, I've been, and I was more a decade ago into like philosophy stuff, but, um. You know, I mean, I've, I've no doubt entertained the idea, but I don't, I don't spin my wheels on that at all anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that people have lives just like I do.
0: I've, I've basically decided that that way lies madness, and it doesn't really impact anything anyway. So, I'm just going to not bother thinking about those things. Yeah, it is a useless waste of brain cycles.
1: Smart move. And you said also this is why no one will ever walk through a wall. <laughs>
0: I did put that in there, yeah, because um, like, if we are in a simulated reality, uh, like you and me personally right now, I personally think it's extremely unlikely that things are simulated all the way down to the quantum level uh, every single Planck second. Uh, I, I would imagine that mostly things are just taken as the statistical average of what things would be. Like, I don't even think that you would bother uh, simulating all the molecules of gas in a room. You just use the gas law equations for what the pressure is and how air currents should flow and all that. Um, But, you know, people are always saying, well, you know, it's technically possible that every single air molecule could exit the room right now. They just all happen to be moving in the right place at the right time. And uh, and there's other people are like, well, you know, if you're in... Since quantum tunneling is a thing, if you try to walk through a wall, it might just happen if all the quantum dealies line up just in the right way. And like the standard response is that'll never happen because the chances are so low. But like I think the better response is that'll never happen, period, because the world really does basically work on statistical laws. Even if we're not being simulated, I mean, if we are being simulated, then obviously it does work on statistical laws, and you don't even have to worry about it. But even if we're not being simulated. There, there's so many of those tiny little interacting variables that the statistical laws are as firm as actual laws, and there will never ever be a case where all the air molecules just happen to leave a room at the same time. Uh, there, it, it's not even worth
1: entertaining as a thought. Yeah, I would bet everything I have, a million to one, that that'll never. You know, someone could try for as long as they wanted, it would never happen. Uh, well,
0: I mean, and I, I wouldn't just bet it because I I think it's unlikely. I would bet it because I literally think it is uh, impossible. Uh, in the same way, I think like a god is impossible. Like, there's no laws of physics that say it can't happen, except for the laws of statistics, and those are just as good as
1: other laws. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So yeah, take. I mean, you'd take the bet too. <laughs>
0: Yes, I would. Also, quick note, I'm down to 17% laptop battery power. It says 21 minutes remaining. I think that's optimistic. So letting you know, we might get cut off at any random point in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, dear. Well, uh, timestamp
1: that, and we can always pick this up all Thursday.
0: We can. I have gotten a a note from Excel Energy that power will be restored uh, at 9.45 p.m. or sooner, I'm really hoping for that or sooner part, but uh, yeah, if if we do get cut off, we should probably just come back on Thursday to do the rest.
1: Yeah. Well, damn. That sucks that they're hosing you. Um, I that's, know. I mean, I... Two hours is a long... Two, I mean, stuff in the fridge, how long does that last? Oh, plenty long. Oh, good. I mean, right.
0: like I often t- after, after you're done eating dinner, sometimes you just like leave the things out for a little bit before shoving them right back in the fridge. Yeah,
1: sure. Good point. Yeah. And, and they're not yeah. even cold. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well... So...
0: Back to uh, the uh, game, the book, the thing.
1: Back to the game book. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they're, he, he's reflecting on the difference between Cranberry Bay and Silmar City, which Cranberry Bay is bright and pretty and there's cranberry harvest happening and uh, they're pulling them out of the ocean because young June didn't know how cranberries worked. Neither did I, apparently. They, there's something with water involved. But
0: I also Well, <laughs> yes. I also did not know that uh, the reason you always see them floating like that is because people intentionally do that to make them easier to harvest i just some reason assumed that they in course of their natural cycle did that and it was interesting to learn that's not the case
1: yeah um uh, oh anyway so he says that compared to silmar silmar city which was a lifeless uninspired place that had seemed like it had taken notes from wichita i thought that the city itself seemed badass Uh,
0: i thought so too
1: yeah i mean wichita maybe plus like you know, skyscraper sized castles. Maybe he's thinking of like the surrounding terrain between um comfort and Silmar City, which man, screamed he- Kansas.
0: Oh, we have power again. We will be able to keep doing this. Oh, nice. Huzzah.
1: You can leave that uh, in, that was funny. Oh. No. <laughs> or do whatever you want, but <laughs> Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we, had, no, we've yes, had just, we Awesome. Yeah, we had some discussions like all right, well, you know, you're down to seventeen percent. We can try and talk about, you know, planning to do the rest of this another day or something, but all right
0: should i switch over to the better microphone again
1: uh it's up to you i mean (laughs) i don't think this one's that bad
0: okay well people will have to deal with the shittier microphone for one more episode because we're just finishing this out like it is
1: or if you if you want to i mean you know jump into it it just means you're gonna have a bunch of files to crop together
0: yeah uh no this is fine we'll blame this on the power company perfect cool
1: um
0: so continuing on
1: Oh yeah. I was just saying that the terrain surrounding Stillmar city seemed like Wichita, Kansas. Um, there was a bit too, where he said that he was worried that a quote, a lot of the nostalgia hit or excuse me, a lot of the potential hit of nostalgia had clearly been removed. And I wondered whether that was by intent. Um, I'm registering that. I don't think it is. Uh, I, I, I don't see why, uh, the DM would specifically and intentionally suck away fun. Um, yeah. you know, like the world just seems like an evolution of the world that he made. And this is what would happen 500 years after he made that cute little cranberry bay. It's got a giant school and, you know, businesses and stuff. Plus, if the DM was just being a dick, we wouldn't have ropey. Exactly. And ropey's awesome. Ropey is the, the counter argument to the DM is 100% evil. Of course, when ropey dies tragically and heroically, it's uh, going to be proof <laughs> that it's going to be unequivocal proof that the DM is a monster. So, yeah. He's just giving us something we
0: love so that he can take it away later.
1: Right. <laughs> All,
0: right. All right. So he is uh, thinking about this whole being split up from the party thing. And he's actually kind of happy to have some solo time. He says, I was one of those people who always felt relieved when plans fell through because it meant that I was suddenly free from the effort of being around other people.
1: I think, uh, since you are listening to a podcast about a web serial, that you are probably also one of these people. And I know I am, uh, John John Mulaney, I think when he his uh, special new in town, which I think is his most popular, is his first one on Netflix. He opens it with a bit about this.
0: I'm kind of surprised that a comedian would have would have that feeling, but I guess they come in all stripes and colors. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it seems like a common trope in comedians that they have you know that they're nervous or anxious or depressed people. Um, yeah. I think his just thing is he just like he loves the like oh we're canceling plans hell yeah I get to relax. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so he was thinking about this hidden metric somewhere called social exhaustion, uh, which I feel like that's you know that doesn't seem like a very uh, plausible candidate to me.
0: Um, Hold on, going back just one second, I think like sometimes I feel that way if I really didn't feel like going out, but I think I have more anxiety from plans being canceled. Like once I've gone through like all the prepping myself and psyching myself up and setting time out of my schedule for something if it gets canceled at the last minute i can be like well fuck i i got all ready for this you know
1: oh yeah no that's that's totally fair i think it does depend on you know if i'm on my drive to the place and it's like well i already set aside my whole afternoon um that's one thing if i get a week's notice and suddenly next saturday is open that's always fun usually fun Mm.
0: okay Alrighty, sorry so yes but the social exhaustion
1: oh yeah i just i I don't see why he thinks that it's logical that there's a hidden metric called social exhaustion because uh, he's like, well, there is one for mental, uh, mental exhaustion. And I'm like, yeah, but that comes from using magic. You know, I don't get how or why the game attracts social exhaustion. Like you can only sing so many songs before your voice wears out. And then I'm like, well, maybe he's on to something. But if that was the case, there'd be a meter for it because he's discovered and leveled singing.
0: But we, I mean, I don't know about you. I certainly can get social exhaustion if I spend too much time around lots of people. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and like hit points is basically just a meter that tracks how not dead he is.
1: Yeah, I think. But the difference is, a he's got a meter for hit points and for mental fatigue, and like I don't, I don't think I need a meter to track, you know, like how full his bladder is, right? Like there, you don't need a meter for absolutely everything that comes with being a person. I have uh, my social exhaustion, you know, ebbs and flows, but it's usually pretty. You know, I've got a pretty low threshold for. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to leave this party or whatever. Um, okay.
0: That's yeah, that's that. so, so I
1: get it. I just don't think that there's a hidden metric in the game. Like, I think it's just part of simulating a human being. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I got to say, I love your comment here that says, this doesn't sound like a men's seven thought. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, just it is very much like a bless your heart kind of subtle insult thing. And I think I'm going to try to start using, whenever someone says something really stupid around me, it's like, that doesn't sound like a men's seven thought. <laughs>
1: Oh, someone didn't invest points into intelligence. Oh, that, <laughs> that actually sounds way less, like, polite. That's just a really, that's a mean way to put it. Um, yeah, but it's also acknowledging
0: he does have Men 7, so he's actually a genius.
1: That's true. Yeah, uh, just wasn't using it there. Yeah. Harry bias. Um, mm-hmm. all right, so uh, he's got Ropey and the Anyblade in the shape of a ring, which I feel like is cheesing, because... Uh, yes, it is. Fucking it, it, Raymer. Well, I mean, turning it into a lock, a lockpick is like, all right, you can stab somebody with a lockpick. It's a blade. A ring, hey. no matter how you look at it, isn't a blade. Um, well, what I thought made, it could like, only take the we, form of out, a blade.
0: What if you made the outside raised part kind of sh- like it has a <laughs> ring that's really sharp on the outside?
1: You know, uh, you're right. Uh, I if if I'm Raymer, he'd be like, show me show me where it says I can't do that. And I like you're right exactly. I can't fine you can wear it as a ring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah so he's got his his shotgun shell uh bandolier which I'm assuming or maybe it's just full of like those little pouches. That makes a lot more sense than just like shotgun shell holes, right?
0: Yeah, but it doesn't it it sounds more cool just to have those shotgun shells stuffed with fairy corpses.
1: That's true. But if you look at that picture of guts that I, that will be in the um well, I guess it doesn't. He's got daggers and stuff. I feel like a couple of the Things on his bandolier are little pockets. Anyway, yeah. So he's got a bunch of fairies, ropey, the ring of, of any blade, and oh. Fuck,
0: we lost power again.
1: Oh, no. This is yeah. some bullshit.
0: At least my battery got charged up a bit.
1: I could have guessed it was going to come in and out, but. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm glad we didn't change back to the microphone.
1: Me too. Anyway, uh, so he's got that and his magic dagger, which if I read two sentences ahead for making my notes, I would have noticed. Um. And his best companion. Royal- Ropey starts with Loyalty 20. Um, and a vial of liquid nicotine that I have no idea where that came from. That's that's a good question. Maybe like from the Poisoner clonal kit?
0: I, yeah, I but don't then you'd have
1: to pay it back to the clonal kit. They and if you're looking for poison, there's cooler oil. shit that you could get. That's true. I don't know. Maybe it was a shop. You know, a vape shop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just give me the pure nicotine.
1: <laughs> yeah, give me the straight stuff.
0: I wonder if there's a. I wonder if you could do that at a vape shop. Probably not. But maybe if you were like a guy going into business making vape stuff. You yeah, could just say that's what you were doing.
1: Yeah, there are places that you know make their own juice. Then you can like custom order and and you know have them say, "I want this percent, this of that, and whatever." Um, and and in this concentration, so they can control how much nicotine is in it, which I'm assuming means they have stuff. But I don't think they'd give you just hundred percent, but they have it. Uh, yeah, but
0: if you like decided you were going to poison someone you could make a uh, a llc you know vape <laughs> stuff and go to a supplier and like look yeah i'm a new llc i'm starting in on this business send me one crate of nicotine
1: yeah definitely possible um anyway so he manages to make it all the way to the school without getting distracted by stores or ninja turtles or anything <laughs> um and he mentions that this
0: school, which I'm assuming must be a huge chunk of the city, has four million students, like just just students, not even you know the people that sell them food and and stuff. And which is he says larger than Los Angeles. And I, I was I, I googled how big the Denver metro area is. So the city of Denver plus all the surrounding areas, which we are living in right now, is two point nine million people. So he had. 20, th- 33% more people just in that school than there are in all of the Denver metro area.
1: Yeah, I don't quite get how he walks to the library. Because like, if you're going to f- fit 4 million people in a place, it's got to be huge. Like, yeah. city huge. Um, you, know, you think it would be an all-day foot, traf- foot trip to get straight to the library, right? Maybe they portaled in really close to it? I suppose. Um, you know, they didn't Mention any forms of transportation going around. He definitely didn't take a cab, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the library is on the edge of it. Uh, yeah. And so um, let's see. Oh, the uh, the the library itself. Like as he's coming up to it, he said that like it looked like erratic. Like a, the construction people were told you can do whatever you want, just don't stop building or something. Mm. And when he gets in, he learns that it was built under a forge frenzy. Uh, so either this is a magic building or forge frenzies can just do more than just bang out, you know, a pile of magic stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I wonder how long a fucking forge frenzy would
0: last if you're building an entire 10 story library building.
1: (laughs) Uh, kind of makes you wonder how they stay alive while they're forge frenzying. Yeah.
0: Probably just, just like just getting enough food to eat and then keep whacking at it.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So June's explaining to the nice, uh, librarian lady clara that he's looking for a specific illness that came from a rat scratch in the risen lands exclusion zone and he's like all right if she leaves i'm getting the hell out of here uh but she's not she's super helpful she's like oh you know how did that happen i don't know but he's like, you know the the government drops prisoners there she's like oh yeah that you know that's terrible we not you know that barbaric practice or something whatever it is she disapproves and you were talking last week about how like this place must just suck because they know that they're damning people to hells to the hells forever. But it seems like this is not popular among everybody anyway. Yeah. And I guess it sounds like it's
0: not done too terribly often. It's probably just like the people who, who are really, really awful. And I don't know what this guy's body that June took over could have done with. Oh, actually we don't know that he did pamphlets because that was a lie. He said it was a plausible excuse. That's true, but I mean, but if, yeah. if, once, if if one school has 4 million people in it, and there's, I don't know, like a dozen of these schools around, and there was just a plane full of like, what, 20 people on it? It, it can't be like a place where they send a lot of their criminals.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I would think that too, but, you know, uh, I don't know how to put this. I mean, if they were sending every rapist that they could convict to the to the risen lands for this whatever gauntlet challenge you'd think they would find more than 20 people unless they drop people there every other day or something right there's five yeah. there's five billion people that's not even including like other crimes like cannibalism or i don't know I, I, if, if they just i guess they're not catching every horrendous criminal also I'm when they
0: curious now what gets you flown in there maybe if like you just piss off the wrong person up high up in government
1: it sure seems like it yeah i guess we don't know who paul raped right if it was the the governor's niece, then sure. But if it was just some muggle, maybe they wouldn't have cared because they're, the, you know, they're the elite empire, right? Yeah. All right. So he's sitting there reading when...
0: Larkspur shows up. Clara came by, leading a man with red hair, freckles, and red armor, joined at the seams with nearly black leather. He had a sword at his hip and both a cloak and shield on his back, which would have been enough to mark him as trouble if the look on his face hadn't said at all. Uh, Sam dun, introduced... Dun, or dun, Clara... Dun. Yes, Claire introduces them, and uh, <laughs> I stared at the man and desperately regretted not dumping all my points into social skills. Uh, nailed it again. <laughs> they keep setting them up, and I keep knocking them down.
1: <laughs> Who needs special magic when you're this good of t- out of, at talking your way out of trouble? Yes, I like how uh, it's his go-to. You know, every time he gets put on the spot, which it's mine too, but. Um, you know, he, he, I'm not in a situation where being a high class Slytherin would come in handy. Uh, yeah. anyway, it's funny. So, uh, so Larkspur asks him, have you found anything on rat rot yet? Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this. So he's asking about rat rot in particular, not for, you know, Am- if he just said, if you found anything on Amaryllis's affliction, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, oh, okay, this could be just basically anybody who's seen them after, uh, um, Silmar, which is basically very few people, I guess. But yeah, then I'll, I'll walk you through my train of thought real quick. Was like the only person that I can think of that they use the word rat wat, rat brought with is the Bone Mage from Baron Jewel. Um, and then oh, you yeah, rightly okay. you rightly pointed out that, uh, and she even said right out that hey, I'll tell the guards, and you know, I'm I'll, I will give in to the slightest uh, resistance just because I'm not about to get on their on their bad side. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it could have been her, but it, it's not un- unlikely that she discussed it while she's being tortured. And this is somebody and that Amarillus contacted. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Emerilis knew it was that, called rat rot, too.
0: Yeah. Well, she knew because June told her that's what he saw. Yeah. yeah. And that would be my guess, since they already knew ahead of time that Amarillus was going to try to ransom her off to someone that wanted her for however much gold he could get out of them. And he probably mentioned, you know, the things she told him, like, she has rat rot.
1: The part that confused me too was that he had said, you must be Juniper Smith, her traveling companion. And then I was thinking, well, how the hell is he know about June? Because she said that she had pre not to talking about June. But if I was being tortured enough, I'd be like, yeah, that guy's June Smith. I found him in the Risen Lands. You know, he's been uh, kind of doing my bidding ever since because I think he thinks I'm hot or something. I would have said yeah. all that under torture. What I wouldn't have said is I think he's a god. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's. It's
0: also possible that, like, once um, Amun had contacted Larkspur and told him, you know, hey, I'll ransom Amaryllis to you, and then amon shows up dead, maybe Larkspur went to um, Silmar City and started trying to make contacts, find out what happened, and runs into the Bone Mage?
1: Uh, at Baron Jewel. Oh, sorry, Baron Jewel. Yes, yeah. that's what I meant. I was going to mention Silmar City because, like, they could have shown up, I'm assuming, basically whenever, and, you know, rewound Quills and said, hey, when... Uh, what happened here? And Quills could have gotten the full, the full low, and he could still be alive. You know, this revision magic huh. stuff just throws, you know, you've got to be very careful with how you dispose of people's bodies. Uh, otherwise, your enemies don't stay dead. That's a darned good
0: point. Although, like, they did specifically mention Quills and they found, you know, what remained of him. Maybe there's, like, a time limit to how far
1: back revision magic can go. Probably, especially probably in the Risen Lands, because you know we didn't get a chance to test it. But uh, I, oh shit, I, maybe he got zombified and then you know
0: they couldn't go back because he was a zombie now.
1: I strongly suspect that uh, any any zombies can't be rewound to being not zombies. Yeah, I don't know if and when we'll get to test that, but I mean souls have to do more than just power your your cell phones and and r- motorcycles, right? Like they. They do something to the body slash spirit slash mind, and once that's out, then you know I, I don't think that time magical shove it will drag it back out of hell.
0: And they did uh, they did spike uh, quills, right? So that his soul wouldn't go to hell. I mean, I, I, I it wasn't mentioned, but I'm sure they did, or maybe it was mentioned. I don't and recall them so, mentioning it. Well, if I, I, I'm I'm sure they did spike him at any rate, and if so, then revising him probably wouldn't do anything because. Then you got a breathing corpse, but no soul in it to tell you anything.
1: Yeah, even if they even if they have gotten there before, he turned into a zombie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So um, obviously shit's about to go down, right? He, yes. He, he shows up. He's uh, he's clearly a baddie. You don't need a mini map with a red dot on it to tell. And so June is just like Clara, if you could excuse us. And he gets his virt- his ruthlessness removed. And he gets Conscientiousness, which gives him a 5-plus boost to Flattery and Romance. And <laughs> that seems like an enormous benefit for doing, like, the most basic, easiest kindness one can do, right?
0: Dude, he totally should have tried to flatter and Romance Larkspur into letting him go. I know, right? He, he The game just gave him a clue on how to get out of this, and he totally biffed it.
1: I wonder what he could have done. I mean, he could have played along, but then, you know, it would have been like with... Uh, with quills and his gang of psychopaths, you know, that he wouldn't have just like, all right, well, glad you're here on my side. I will not put you on a leash and we can meet up later or something, right? No, he he would have said, all right, you can come out and walk with me and my escort of, you know, my tank and my mage. Um, but yeah, it would have been fun. He could have at least tried. Uh, yeah. Hey, nice sword you got there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Is that a sword on your hip or are you just
0: happy to see me?
1: <laughs> and no one on air would get that reference and he would get a, a critical fail in comedy. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I just, I'm thinking if, you know, if asking a civilian to get out of the way of a probable fight gives you a huge virtue bonus, like imagine what giving a pound of gold to a beggar will do. Like, you know, just, just go around doing nice things. This is might've been one of the first opportunities he had to do something nice, but this is the bare bonesest nicest thing someone could do. Right.
0: Well, I mean, Sure, but I don't think this was just like a you did a nice thing perk. I think this is literally the exact opposite of ruthless. Where ruthless was like I don't care who dies so that I can achieve my objective. This was uh I might get in a fight here, people could get caught in the crossfire. I want to spare innocent lives, so I will do what I can to spare them from from being hurt or killed. So, you know, it it's just he's literally taking the opposite track of a ruthless person. Yeah,
1: I mean, I suppose it's just uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess he could have said, Hey, Claire, could you come here really quick and like tried to used her as a hostage, or I was going to just go straight to, you know, carving her bones into spears by, you know, cutting into uh-huh. her and, you know, harvesting all the bone magic he can, but he's not, he's not a level 10 ruthless Voldemort yet. So, um, he, he went with the sane human option of saying, can you please, you know, try and get out of the way of this imminent conflict? uh, i have power again oh boy (laughs) let's see how long it stays up this time stay on the edge of your seats um so anyway i thought this was funny he says can you imagine my luck when or to hear that someone else was looking after disease from the risen lands contracted by a rat (laughs) and uh in hindsight it's funny because he could have said imagine my luck spelled all caps l-u-c right Mm mm-hmm so that's that's hilarious. And it's also funny on him because he knows that he's he's cheat you know, doing he's mainlining luck right now, right? Yeah. So can you imagine my luck? And it's like, fuck you, man. Yes, I can imagine your luck. I know you're cheating. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, he, Larkspur was just leaking information all over the place, which uh June comments on saying, uh, I kind of seems like you're shit at your job, since his job <laughs> is foreign security director of the Kingdom of Anglican um and you know that's you, you pull that out as delightful i also thought you know it could just be a sign if you don't care how much information you're giving to someone that is entirely possibly a sign that that person isn't going to live for the next after the next hour like he may have already decided all right i'm taking this person in gonna torture him then i'm gonna kill him so it doesn't matter what he knows
1: oh totally uh, i just i think that it's it's to me to me the funny part was just him you know needlessly insulting him ah uh, uh, okay you know because he, he's like you know i'm looking for amaryllis and you must be june smith he's like and so he's obviously lying but he's like oh you're wrong about all that you suck at your job like <laughs> i'm just here doing homework like you know um <laughs> cool so there there's a bit of that but also I, this is what i meant to mention before um they had fen in a cage and they sent her with fireteam blackheart right mm-hmm um, it's not impossible that they had caged her rather than done something else because they were going to harvest her bones. But I guess her bones aren't as lucky as real elf bones, but uh, they're luckier than average, so they'd probably still be worth harvesting luck from. Hmm.
0: That's that's a good point. Well, I mean, I guess they figured that her knowledge of the city, plus her uh, the bow that she has, and she, they probably figured she was more of an asset for Fireteam Blackheart than uh, than to just kill her and take her bones right now.
1: Oh, totally. No, no, yeah. I think that... You know, maybe they, they were planning on doing something with their bones, and then this other opportunity came up. Um, yeah. But I wonder if Fireteam Blackheart was under instruction, if you can, return with her corpse. Because um, then bones right. are worth money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, that reminds me. Uh, he, you know, this guy happening to show up here, June calls out "Is like, this seems like some bullshit, right? Um, mm-hmm. this, this planet is however many square miles. um." like it's 16 times the size of earth yeah it's huge so uh it's it's just not fair that the the one guy that is looking for amaryllis happens to wander to the same fucking library as i am 30 minutes after i get here right Mm -hmm. uh so he know he calls shenanigans on that right away um we learn that what's what happened here is that there are apparently farms or grave robbers or something where uh the empire harvests elf bones for luck which means i fucking called it
0: you did fucking call it Yay. Good job,
1: dude. I mean, I it, I think this is easy enough to think of. Like, if I was, if I were Professor Quirrell and I had this at my disposal, what would I do?
0: Yeah, I I really hope that they're just like grave robbing or something, because that is the least you know that that is it doesn't necessarily hurt that much, especially if people don't find out about it. But even if that's all they're doing, like the incentives are there to start and a elf factory farm situation. Or to just start, you know, pick, finding all elves you can and genociding them for their bones. And even even if they aren't doing it now, like, Moloch is ever-changing, man. A hundred years in the future, maybe this is what's going to be happening. So I, I don't like these these incentives that they've, they've set up by having a strategic elf reserve.
1: Yeah. You got to think, through the other bonus of killing live elves that you also get souls out of it. Um, you know, and... For all we know, baby elves are the luckiest, and so they, they go after those. Like you know, they're, they're I I would like to think it's just grave robbing, but it's probably not. I'm <laughs> with you. Yeah. Uh, maybe that is the like only um, empire legally approved way of doing it. But everyone knows that you can just kill an elf and harvest their bones. Uh,
0: oh, I don't I don't think either of these things are legally approved. I, it seems to me like this is a deep black ops thing.
1: Ah, fair enough. I mean. You think the empire would like it, it, we want these bones for national security. You know, you think they could get away with that, but
0: I mean, maybe they could, but Amaryllis specifically says like to June, the who is her lever that will move the world, uh, and she's like I don't want to talk about this for reasons of national security. And like they really press her on it and June feels bad about that when we get to that part. I, I wanted to touch on that, but like um he, that that the fact that she wouldn't even say that to June, when he is the person she cares most about, and she knows that her government is trying to kill her, and she still wouldn't share that information with him until pressed really hard, I think that this is deep black ops government.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess what I meant is that I don't think Larkspur – I think Larkspur probably harvested and used luck with uh, the permission of his superiors in the government. Not that the people oh. of Anglican voted that this is okay. Oh, I
0: see. I yeah. don't – I. I don't think that either. Huh, I figured I, the entire Deep State was in on it. Maybe I guess since they did like drop her into the Risen Lands, that's the thing that like she she managed to not get executed outright. They dropped her into the Risen Lands, so there was a chance she could make it back. So I don't know. Would they just hand over like a strategic reserve? That is something you serve safe
1: for in case of war, right? And they're uh, not at war. Well, he's at war, right? Yeah, yeah, but maybe he's got his he, own his own uh, hoard. That
0: could be, yeah, or or he snuck in or something. He is the foreign security director, so we may have some access
1: codes. That's true. Mm. Uh, anyway, I just like that uh, um, he's uh, so so. June basically deduces that look, if you could have like walked in here and arrested me, you would have. So whatever, like your your powers as a foreign whatever whatever, you don't like get to just walk in and kidnap or kill random people in schools. So i'm i'm pretty sure that this isn't gonna go badly for me he he basically just not quite taunting him but he's like i'm not scared of you bro and mm-hmm. um i just like how uh i think that he says uh oh he seemed to be leaking information far worse than i was but it wasn't that much of a consolation because i was pretty sure that he would beat me in a fight even if even if he had come alone but would he beat me in a race and Aha. I'm thinking, I don't know, man, you got 150 bones left to ruin if you need in case of an emergency. Mm-hmm. I could just, I, you know, I don't think that reversing it will be easy enough that he can do this all the time. But uh, maybe on the way there, if they run into an emergency, he's like, fuck it, my bones are ruined anyway. I've got 150 more. I need to run real fast or uh, do something. Can he yeah. harvest his own bones for luck? Well, he's not lucky. So no, he's a little lucky.
0: I think luck one is probably blow on the luck side
1: yeah i don't know I, I, mean, I if if fen knew bone magic could she harvest her own bones to make herself even luckier i,
0: I guess don't see she why not probably could for a while yeah. yeah it's not a permanent increase though is the problem and then you have the permanent problem of your bones being fucked
1: yeah i gotta call out to some shenanigans that seems like a you know we'll get there what the actual solution looks like but it seems like a hell of an overly uh severe penalty for like the you know arguably super minor boost he got out of it you know he was faster for like a few seconds per bone or something right yeah well maybe don't pull your bones for a tiny boost i i i guess yeah but it's it just seems like you know cutting your hands off for stealing a loaf of bread like you know can't it i'm being punished way harder than i thought I would be for not so much of a boost
0: sure but like nature doesn't care like it was only a small boost to jump down the cliff, so you could get to the bottom faster. And I got punished by being dead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, that,
1: the, th- this isn't nature. That's just how
0: gravity works.
1: Yeah, the, you know, this the game. I guess maybe could have come with a a flash up warning that said, "Warning: Doing this will fuck you over." <laughs> Um,
0: so I mean I guess we're jumping ahead by talking about this, but the, the way it's described that the the bones are sort of like a blueprint or a scaffolding of the of the soul, and he basically fucked the blueprints directly by pulling from his bones while he was alive, and his body can't rebuild itself, and why he's that's why he's slowly dying in those areas of his body, and like that sounds like a deep layer um, game mechanics thing. It, this seems kind of like on the same layer as things fall down you know and souls are what is your personality and they go to hell and bones help make up the blueprint that uh that the rest of your magic livingness draws from so it, it feels like the same kind of nature law thing to
1: me like it wasn't specifically there to fuck him i'm wondering what what he can do to like totally ruin because blood also seems super vital right and yet that mm-hmm. just comes and goes with level ups It's, uh, that's not such a big deal, but yeah, I I think, you know, you're, you know, I can't call shenanigans on the game, like saying that's bullshit. I don't believe it or something. It's just like, if, if I was playing this game and I got that modest boost, I'd be like, what, are you kidding me? It's going to cost me, you know, $10,000 to pay back this one little thing or something. I, I would, uh. I would tell the game like, "Hey, you're 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 not being fair." But this game has long since decided it's not going to be fair. So, yeah. Um, anyway, it has
0: some basic laws of nature that it's going to stick to, even though it could at any time revoke gravity if it really wanted to.
1: Yeah. Um, I again, his his uh, his social skills. What do you need social skills for? He says again, I don't know what you're talking about, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you because you seem like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> love that line
0: it's delightful That, that seems like isn't isn't something like that in lebowski too probably
1: okay i'll pretend like that was on purpose
0: if i mean i don't know maybe i'm thinking of a different movie with a similar vibe also if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about the big lebowski is a really great coen brothers movie that everyone should check out
1: i am a uh um ordained minister of the church of the dude yes you are and i was i was married by one or officiated by one rather yeah uh, and and she abided over your marriage. She sure did. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as, but as as Raymer used to say, see again, his, he he doesn't need this tattoo. He's already got it in his head. Well, Raymer, as Raymer says, politics is a dump stat. He and he just out of out of nowhere jumps straight for a larkspur using blood magic to use the the what sanguine surge, the fast running or the jumping, mm-hmm. and tries to bum rush him, and the guy dodges. I guess luckily that hacky cheater um
0: oh yeah that's a good point so he's got insane luck right now still
1: yeah I mean he probably just like lost his balance for a second or had this impulse to lean to the you know lean to the side because yeah. I'm assuming he came on super fast um so he reaches into his bag and grappling hook Batman styles out ropey who breaks his arm while he catches the the railing he lands on the second floor shoves some fairies into his mouth and then jumps over the railing crashes on the table by trying to like Use the sword to like kind of slow his impact, which yeah. I don't think that ever would have worked, and it totally <laughs> didn't. And he broke a bunch of bones.
0: <laughs> These weak bones are really fucking him.
1: I think that'd break my bones too. I I mean, he basically tried to pull Vault onto a metal pole and just like landed on top of it. He didn't land on the pole though. He landed on the table below him. Right. I I don't know if he retracted the sword in time and he didn't hit the sword, or if he just landed on the table. But either way, bones. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but fucking also either way, he's got a mouthful of fairies because he shoved those into his mouth before jumping and, you know, ye- yeeting himself over the wall or the, <laughs> the railing of the library down two floors. And he looks back and the uh, Larkspur just does a double jump as he lands. and <laughs> That was like,
0: fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> it was awesome. That was
0: the most video game thing ever because you can only double jump in video games.
1: Yeah, You know, he's probably got uh, some boots or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know well, – I can't remember what they were called, but uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mordo in Doctor Strange had similar boots. That would let him double jump? I think that he could use them – I don't know how many steps he could take. I feel like it was a few extra steps, but he could basically, you know, imagine stairs wherever he needed them a few times at least. Okay. But essentially I mean, a double jump. Oh, but a double super- jump also catches your inertia. Right. Like, that's the thing.
0: It's super bullshit, because, like, if it was just a surface that appears wherever he needs it, he would still break his ankles after falling three stories. But it was literally just like, I jump again from where I am right now, as if I had
1: no inertia from falling three stories. And it was, it was cool. (laughs) Right. I turn my inertia around, goes up for a little bit, and then back down again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome shenanigans. And it's funny, because, like, when the enemy uses tricks, it's super unfair. But when we get to use (laughs) tricks, it's badass. Like I loved every time June cheated his way to get down to the ground. And then when he jumps over and has no problem with it, it's like, that's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Fucker. I was so clever. Right. Um, Oh, so then he runs out and there's this, I don't know. I'm picturing just basically the same guy that was in Silmar city, the tank and, uh, this mage with a staff and he throws his knife right at her face. Um, which of course all it does is knock the, uh, The giant guy back because he's soul linked or whatever to take her damage but he didn't know that for sure he was just gonna you know i guess he tried to be nice upstairs with uh the librarian because he was you know not totally an asshole but he was like oh she's in my way go for the kill shot
0: he knows that they're with larkspur because they weren't there when he walked into the library they're the bad guys totally yeah, and Larkspur was, in my opinion, strongly hinting that uh, he's going to kill June. So these guys are probably a, a serious threat to June. And, you know, but more than more than anything else, I think... Well, not more than anything else. But I suspect maybe he has sort of internalized Grax's throw-the-axe-at-the-kissy-lady lesson. That, like, once you have committed yourself to a certain path that requires violence, you don't fuck around. You just do what needs to be done to get yourself out of that situation alive.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think he made the, the decision that makes sense. I guess I'm just thinking, like, it doesn't sound very conscientious of him. It sounds very ruthless. You know, yeah. He when he killed Fireteam Blackheart, it was because they were going to kill him. Um, yeah. He tried to kill these people because they're going to kill him. You know, if right. if killing people going, who, who are trying to kill you is ruthless, then, you know, he didn't get that for the, the Fuchsia Coterie in Comfort, though no yeah. self-defense explicit self-defense maybe isn't ruthless but a preemptive strike is could be which seems maybe stupid because s- if you know they're going to kill you why would you wait until they try
0: yeah and maybe it was also partly because like he'd been talking to these people for a while and sort of like getting chummy with them i don't know right they had yes yeah, yeah and she tried to kill him too like when she did her spell with the disc it spun through the air where he had been and broke wood that was there, which would, you know, in any normal person, shatter bones and
1: possibly kill them. At the very least, cripple them for a long time. That's a good point. I didn't even register that it broke actual wood. I thought that it just made that sound as it flew through the air. But you're right. It just The easiest, the easiest, easiest explanation for why a flying magic disc would make that noise is because it actually hit wood to break. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Anyway, we run into chapter 39. He's on the run. Yes. yes. Which, uh, this is a good transition. Um, and just, I got to say too, at a at a metal level note, because I might forget to say it at the end, good section of reading here. You are pacing this really well. Um, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, this this ended on just a you know good spot to have it end on. And I wasn't like, you know, left, if, if you had left us on the end of, just end of 38, I'd have been pissed, right?
2: <laughs> um, right.
1: But no, we get a, a nice actual conclusion. I know they won't all be that way, so. Uh, we don't have to always aim for that, but I like it when they do. So yeah, uh, he gets a uh, hypertension and long distance runner. And one of those doubles his blood, which is cool because he always when he was super full of blood after being almost out of blood, he was like, ah, wouldn't it be great to be extra full of blood? And mm-hmm. what this does, I, I don't think it doubles his actual blood. He does not rolling around in 16 pints. I think what it does is probably make blood magic cost half a drop instead
0: dude remember anime where it it looks like pretty much everyone has about 50 gallons of blood in them under high pressure because as soon as you sever someone's arm there's just a fire hose of blood shooting out
1: kill bill as well yeah
0: yeah maybe this is maybe they're all blood mages that have
1: gotten this perk like four or several times over that would be really funny like if it did actually double his blood which is actually suggested by the fact that he's now at 74k out of 150k like, if my thing of it just making, you know, blood magic cost half as much, uh, he would be at, you know, one forty eight out of one fifty eight out of one fifty. Yeah. So yeah, I, maybe I do, he does just have twice as much blood magically. I it would have to be magically, yeah. I don't think you could survive with
0: twice as much blood in your veins. Maybe <laughs> you could. I don't know. I haven't actually no, tried it. <laughs> I, I
1: don't think you can. I think that when people blood dope they put in like a pint. Yeah. Um, if, if it if it was just like the more the merrier people would just you know be be <laughs> chock full of blood um mm-hmm. anyway so he i mean i just imagine him you know again naruto running all the way through the city he burned through a thousand drops of blood which i think it takes one drop per step yeah. and at naruto speed he's quite the distance right so mm-hmm. um i feel like he's lost him i felt pretty good about it and uh he very wisely does the extra steps of um you know, running in to buy some new clothes and ditching. He left his old ones in the changing room in case, there, in case there's a tracking device on them. Um, he... Oh, I forgot to mention this. In the library, after Ropey uh, helped him get down from the, the higher level, he just immediately coils around his chest. Yeah. Like it, it, a it makeshift armor. And it surprised Jude. At first, he was nervous. So, he hadn't, like, consciously or subconsciously told Ropey to do that, which means ropey isn't just you know loyal and that he'll follow instructions he actually cares about june and and is looking out for his safety and oh my god i swear i'm gonna cry when this rope is, is tragically murdered Aww, i hope he makes it yeah. i desperately do i just i i i don't know man fingers crossed he's a he's a good boy he's a good rope yeah they're good ropes bront um <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh yeah, I mean, there, he's got a pretty chill day of it after this. You know, he didn't learn anything at the library. Um, mm. He books a hotel room and he spends the rest of the day just like trying not to go insane. He's looking out the window, make sure he wasn't followed. He gets bored and starts throwing his knife at stuff to level up throwing weapons. And um, yeah, then he, it,
0: he does the smart thing,
1: which is lay low. Yeah, um, you know, if, if it were me in a video game, you can bet your ass I would, you know, Run around, rally, and then try and sneak up on him and take him out, right? Uh, mm, yeah, because I I have unlimited saves and you know whatever, right? Um, yep. He gets to he gets to go to one of the nine thousand hells when he inevitably loses that fight. So um, yeah, no, he does the smart thing and has a very relaxing day hanging out in a hotel room.
0: Yeah, I guess I wouldn't call it consider it relaxing to be always worried someone was showing up and bored out of my mind because there's no fucking smartphones, but. It was at least not um, not physically stressful.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, and it's not exactly a nap, but it wasn't exa- as relaxing as Amaryllis' day where she just got to sleep all day. Um, yeah. Again, also not super relaxing when she's got rat rot. But uh, he, right. ha- he has a fairly, other than that one encounter, a chill day because he played it cool. So yeah. um, what they were supposed to be back at Amaryllis' room at dusk, right? So at that point, he just leaves the hotel and heads up there. And I was at this point sure they were going to be captured. Something was going to happen, but no. The simple plan basically worked out fine. Van Grack and Amorelis are all standing around waiting for him, and not uh, just
0: worked out fine. Finn had her own side quests too.
1: That's right.
0: That was pretty cool. When she first mentioned that, like she was in an archery competition and all this other stuff, I thought she was just like you know fucking around with them like she always does. But it sounds like she actually had side quests.
1: I think it's entirely possible she's still making it up, but uh. It, I wouldn't put it past her to have actually won an archery contest today. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: So he gets there and Fen starts dumping fairies into his hand out of Sable.
1: Oh, yeah. Because he's still injured and he's out. So, you know, we, we talked for a few minutes about like what the upper limit of how many of these can exist at once. Um, mm-hmm. Either they haven't talked about it or it seems like there isn't one. And the limiting factor is just like one fairy out of the jar per hour or something yeah and i
0: bet once the jar is full they would stop spawning but as right. long as you remember to
1: empty out the jar every few hours you're good yeah so yeah exactly i it, that that's my my thinking on it too if it does just keep going then yeah i mean she's got t- two thousand arrows and oh look at this it's been a month and we haven't been all that hurt that much uh you know i've got six thousand of these fairies um yeah. a mouthful of which can heal a bunch of broken ribs like uh pretty pretty sweet deal mm-hmm. um so yeah that's pretty cool so it- so at this
0: point they're trying to figure out how larkspur found him and this is where uh where amaryllis has that whole thing about state secrets and i'm not gonna tell you and he he june says that it's not good enough
1: yeah i agree sorry mary you're gonna have to spill these state secrets you know you're <laughs> you're not you're not even part of the, the the state anymore and we almost just died like i need to know what i'm up against yeah and i felt i felt really bad for amrilis here because like she's looking at him
0: like she doesn't want to do this she pushes back a little bit but she's basically like a crippled person at this point like if my support network when i had gotten that back injury came up to my room and was like hey niasch uh you know kind of sucks to be you right now we need you to tell us this stuff i you know i would be i wouldn't want to but you're in this position where, like, what can you do? She's dying of rat rot, right? And, I don't know, it just, it felt like it was sort of ruthless of June to keep pressing on this to force her to spill the secrets. And uh, and she did, eventually. And maybe, I mean, I guess it was important to do that, and he didn't get the ruthlessness trait for it, but like, one day we're all going to be in Amaryllis's position, man, when we're too old to pee by ourselves, and
1: that's going to suck. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's like, uh, it's not it's not that like they're extorting her because she's injured and it's like, hey, we're not going to take you to kill that unicorn until you, I don't know, tell me everything I want to know. It's that, yeah. you know, th- this is this happens to be super important and highly relevant to exactly what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm not I'm not I'm not extorting information out of you that I don't have really good reason to want to know. And I yeah, but it's still, you know, he like his, he feels, uh, I think, what did he say, just pity or something? and mm-hmm. i i feel, for me it's i don't feel pity because you know she's being extorted i feel pity because like th- she's you know previously like her her power is like i'm a great sword fighter i'm a dead shot i'm i'm badass and yeah. now I like i shit done right her her only like uh refuge there is like or her only reserve i might say there's strategic reserves right um yeah. is like Look, I'm also privy to a lot of cool princess secrets. And now you're having me surrender that power too. Yeah. Uh it's like the only cool thing I have left. Granted, I'm sure she still got some secrets up her belt or under her belt, upper sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in her clothes, she's got a bunch of secrets. <laughs> yes. But, uh it's uh she has to surrender this one, which was as we talked about, the bone business um with yeah. elves. So yeah. that's uh um I think we said basically that, everything I wanted to say about that.
0: We Yes. There, I mean, I think June was, I guess, right to push her on this because, like it says in the text, uh, he starts getting upset. He says she knew all this uh, about the luck thing. She knew when we were talking about luck, when we were looking at my character sheet together, when she was giving advice on what I should do, she knew and she didn't tell me because she thought she knew better than me. And I really hate that sort of paternalistic shit, too. Like, I... At, at that point, once I knew that Amaryllis knew those things and held them back because she thought she knew better than me, like, maybe she does, but I still am. It's my body. It's my, literally my body that I'm modifying. I, I don't hold that info back. I need informed information, to make informed consent. And like, I would just trust her less due to this, due to the fact that she withheld information that was vital very much like I trust the CDC far less now after their fuck ups with COVID.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure she had her reasons and there were, there were good ones. Hey, we need this more luck is just what it sounds like on the box. It's luck. We can't count on it working, but what we can count on is if you can swing your sword more accurately, we'll die less often, but like, uh,
0: yeah, well then make that argument, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. You know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, Fenn's like, Hey, can you lower my loyalty? Um, if the game tracked his loyalty towards other people, I feel like this would drop a point or two. And it's like, you you, you held this stuff back and we have no idea, you know, what else are you keeping from me? That mm-hmm. And now if you say, I've told you everything, I can't believe you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at least they do uh, the smart thing. Oh no, wait, they talk about bonitis before they leave, don't they? Or do they wait? Nope, they teleport away immediately because they're smart. Um, okay. Yeah, so they, they, they get that part taken care of, or they talk about the bone stuff about like how he found them because he's like, will he be here? And she's like, I don't think so. It's like, well, how the hell do you know that? That's how all this came up. Um, right. Because he used elf bones for luck and that's a short temporary bonus. Right. And it, it's not like omnipotent, right? He can't take a thousand elf bones and like suddenly know where to go. And even if he did, he probably hasn't been to, to the before. So yeah. uh, what he gets teleported teleport to the nearest Uh, teleportation stone and walk um, or take one of those little puttering motorcycles. uh, Mm. So at least they got some time, but, and that's, that's assuming that like his luck just told him, I think she's 8,000 miles that way. (laughs) Um, Like, well, I imagined the way it worked
0: was like, he knows about the, the he, he went to, not Silmar, uh, Baron Jewel, he learned all that information, he knows about the rat rot, he doesn't really quite know what to do. So he goes and hits a lot of elf bones to really up his luck, and he's thinking, he's like, you know what, I should go research this rat rot, because I bet they will try to research it too, or should I look for this? You know, that library over in Cranberry Bay might have something, I'll go there, and you know, the luck kind of just made him follow a course of events that logically could happen, but were really unlikely to happen exactly when and how they did so that he showed up the same moment June showed up or within 30 minutes anyway.
1: Yeah. And that, that sort of uh, chain of events is unlikely to lead them to their secret refuge. So they should be safe there. Yeah.
0: Um, and especially since his luck has probably run out by now.
1: Yeah. Even if he could go rejuice, I think that they're still probably good here. Yeah. Um, mm. So before they, I think
0: that's why. I think this might be why. I think that he did this without his supervisor's permission because uh, um, Amarilla says I don't think he's going to be able to go rejuice. Like, I- I- if his supervisors had given him permission for this, then he could probably go approach them and say, "Hey, I need some more bones." But like, if he snuck it out on the f- slide, he probably doesn't want to
1: take so many that someone notices. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess uh, you know, it could just also be that he only has X number, right? but yeah and who knows how how big the, the vault of elf bones is that they only allocate you know a hundred per stupid effort or something right but uh, they might be like tough shit larkspur you wasted your bones or yeah it's his own secret stash um, of course he could just go over to some you know elf colony and try and kill a few uh, there's always more bones man there's always money in the banana stand <laughs> that's a good point and a good reference <laughs> Um, Much better
0: than that other joke you tried to make.
1: Oh, I forget which one it was.
0: You, Your comment was, I went to teleport away. Nice. Smart of them to jump away before their luck ran out. Oh. And then parentheses, that was a jokey, Ymiash. Ha <laughs> ha ha. Take that. And my reply was just sigh in italics.
1: Yeah. I think that when Fen said boo to his joke, that <laughs> you're like, I need to yeah. start doing this.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Is that later so was that was that when they were talking about the staying the, in the same bed?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: I don't remember either. But speaking of booing people, I've taken to giving people a thumbs down in traffic instead of flipping them off, which oh, I almost never do. Cool. But like on occasion, yeah. like I never I'm, – I'm a pretty like chill guy. But the, the one thing that gets me mad like on the road is somebody doing something stupid and reckless that almost kills me, which I think is a perfectly appropriate use of anger. Um, yeah. And – I probably, flip, you know, if I'm driving regularly, maybe I flip somebody off once every month or two, right? It's not a frequent sort of thing, but I think just a thumbs down, you know, like I'm disappointed in you, not I'm mad at you. That's the signal I'm going to try and convey. Um,
0: right. You are like the dad. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed.
1: Right. Can you not do better than this, man? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so they they're back at their uh their hobbit hole and this is where they're doing all the bone talk which we touched on earlier. Um I don't know. Oh,
0: just before they get to the bone talk, um, Grack tells him that he talked to a professor or someone and that the professor told him that the thing that um, Amrilis has, has is called Murinae Putridine. And I already knew Putridine was a fancy word for rot, but I had to Google Murinae and it's a fancy word for rodent. <laughs> so, so the thing is literally just two fancy words that mean rat rot.
1: That's delightful. You know, and hey, this is classic Alexander Wales. We're learning stuff while we're learning Latin while reading this book. I'm assuming it's Latin, um, and uh, that's a fancy ass five dollars words for rat rot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say other than you know, high five. Uh, if if it had thought to if if Junior put one more point into uh, into his mental stats, he might have thought to look under. Look for rat rot in different languages in the index of the books. He, books he was looking at. Um, do do they have Latin there though? Uh, apparently, I mean, I'm assuming this is Latin. Marinade yeah. putridine.
0: It it is in uh, English anyway. I think putridine technically isn't even a word, but you know, it takes comes from putrid, which means yeah. rotten.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, it's hilarious, and I like that it is rat rot. Um, yeah. in just just in fancy talk. Uh, Oh, Fenn has this
0: great quote when she finds out that <laughs> basically all he did was hole up in a room and be anxious for six hours. She says, and that was your day? Was I, I the only one who had a solo adventure? She puts a hand on her chest. Oh, my God. Am I the real protagonist?
1: <laughs> She's using his own language back at him. I'm not stuck but, in well, a game with you. You're stuck in a game with me.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But you know, also she, she kind of has a good point. That's that's maybe she is the real protagonist. I I like that thought.
1: Now the real and, protagonist and when, had an actual day. She just went off screen and disappeared for six hours. Till she was back in the hotel room when he walked in.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and she gets a five line summary of her day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just um, I do like to think that she's actually out doing stuff. And you know, I wonder what she won in that contest. Uh, assuming it actually happened, she could be making that stuff up,
0: but. She probably won a well oiled muscular man for one hour. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah, this is where we find out that the uh when you drain bones, you're not affecting the scaffolding. You're actually fucking with the blueprint. And that is far more serious than I had anticipated.
1: Yeah, same here. Like I like I talked about, uh I would be I mean, I guess the game is just saying, you know, no free bones, right? Um mm-hmm. which fine, but geez, you know, say that You know, what, I get to use my own blood, but not my own bones? It's a totally fair guess. It's, yeah, I
0: mean, he didn't know any better. But there's a lot of things in this world that he didn't know any better about that kind of fucked
1: him. I know, it just, it seems like this would be, like, skill unlocked, you know, uh, Hufflepuff bones, right? Like, or Achievement Unlocked, Hufflepuff bones. Like, it seems like a creative answer to, like, shit, I need bones. Oh, wait, I'm I'm full of bones. Um, It just... Again, it's it's not that far of a leap from I get to use my own blood to jump higher and punch harder. I can use my own bones to do the same thing. Well, fuck, no, you can't. Um,
0: Well, I mean, it literally saved his life, so it was worth it. Oh yeah, it's like it's like that guy who cut up his hand after 148 hours to get you know not starve to death in that canyon. Right. Like sure, he lost his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, James Franco lost his hand, but at least he's still alive to act.
1: That's right. Um, I think he's the guy who played that guy in the movie. Um,
0: I assume so, but I don't actually know. I, I figured you probably knew, though.
1: I, for some reason, that sounds right. I never saw the movie. Uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, and you know, right. It's not like the game didn't let him use his bones; it just penalized him pretty heavily. Uh, so, what I I love this little setup, Ben. What she did this with, um, the, uh. Like, we need to avenge my father, you know, right? Yeah. Like classic yeah, quest lineup quest. talk. Mm-hmm. And so she's doing that for this. She's like, all right, she's. right, we've got two options. One is that you get new bones. My raccoon friend, Rocket, so, uh, thought mm-hmm. that it would probably work if you got them from someone who was more or less like you. And she looks at him, anything? No. All right. Well, then I'll skip over for all the reasons why that's a bad idea, which I'm assuming is probably like, I don't know, lack of ability to test blood types, but blood types still being a thing. Um, and also murder. Well, or you know, paying somebody or finding a fresh corpse, you know. Didn't he use ribs though? Yeah, I,
0: I don't think you could pay someone to take their rib cage without killing them in the process.
1: Uh, there's magic. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Here, I'm going to cut out, I'm cut out some of your gonna ribs, and I'm going to shove a bunch yeah. of these fairies in your mouth at the same time. Um, That's we
0: already know that ribs are special. They're the blueprint. Not oh, ribs, yeah. but all bones.
1: but they wouldn't die from the from the the bone donation they would they would just die from not having ribs i honestly don't know if you could live without ribs yeah probably not uh but if someone's already dead they've got fresh bones you know exactly the next time they kill somebody who's roughly his height and weight but no as it turns out that's not going to work because because
0: didn't get a quest
1: yeah what will work she's like all right we gotta fuck with your soul and then quest progress bonitis well, i still love that it's called that um mm-hmm. the problem goes deeper than bones further than the heart and straight to the very essence of your mortal existence find someone to alter your soul or alter it yourself either way this is a project to approach with caution and a genius to like deliberately probe the game elements for information and Mm. i won't rant anymore about how unfair it seems that like you have to do soul magic which is insanely hard and difficult and challenging and and dangerous and esoteric and unknown like just to solve this thing that turns out was super easy to do, maybe even by accident. Um, again, that that's real life, but that that makes, that that work. That's how real life works, but that's not how video games work. And if he wasn't done yet swearing at the DM, which he which he said he would stop doing when he was praying to him, uh, then this would be a good time to be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Uh, yeah, but this video game is supposed to be you know a
0: a as as close to real life as you can get in a game, right? I mean that's that's kind of what you're hoping for with most most role playing games, trying to make as real a working world as you possibly can, and then have a story in it.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not I am only uh, mad at the apparent injustice of of like how hard it is to pay this off. Like it's gr- this is fun. It's a great story. Like to set up for this, he's got to he's gonna have to do something insane. You know, maybe the only people who know how to work with souls are the literal gods. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is going to take us cool places. I just feel like the game is charging way too much for the small boost he got, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave that aside. And uh, so Gregg, um, I got to call this out because uh, oh yeah. he, so he had been sitting quietly by the side watching them and I'd almost forgotten that he was there. Um, there was a thing that people did sometimes where they said something just to be sure that they were heard and grack didn't seem to have that instinct. So I think he just like chimes in with something. Um, oh, because he's like, all right, yeah, soul fuckery, yay! And he says, "Is it really called that?" And he kind of, they kind of like, oh, I forgot they were there. And yeah. if you guys recall from Infinity, or wait, shoot, was it, it was
0: in- uh, the second? It was the second um, Guardians movie. of the Galaxy. Yes, that one. It was Guardians of the Galaxy two, I believe, where he did that.
1: You know, I I would think you are right. And then I was going to be like, I can't believe you remember the movies better than I did. But Mantis walks in all friendly, and then don't befriend her until the end of the movie. So this was in Infinity War. Where where we or excuse me, we Drax. They're the same person. Um, <laughs> yes. He, he masters the art of standing so perfectly still that he becomes invisible.
0: <laughs> it's a great scene.
1: Oh, it's right. When, um, uh, Gamora is telling, uh, star Lord, Hey, if Thanos catches me, you got to kill me. Cause I know where the soul stone is. It was infinity war.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Thank
1: God. If I was outclassed <laughs> on my Marvel knowledge, I'd have had to turn in my nerd card. Um, oh man. Anyway. Yeah. That was funny.
0: Yeah, I I think actually Grack is like Drax leveled up after he's been spending time around humans for a number of years because <laughs> Grack definitely seems to have more social insights than Drax does.
1: Drax put all of his points in Fizz.
0: Yes. I do think it's a pretty cool insight that June had there that, that there's people who, well, not people, that generally people will just say anything, something, just to make sure they're heard. And, you know, I, I think that's... I I never thought of it before, but it almost seems to be like a common human need. Like lots of times, even if you aren't saying anything, you're just like, "Mm," you know, just kind of noise of affirmation while someone's talking or or something. And I I don't know. He's right that there are some people that don't have that and they tend to just sort of fade out of conversations and you forget they're there at parties and stuff. You got to make like an extra special effort to engage with them.
1: Yeah, there's probably some level of like physical movement that can compensate for that. Like, you know, if you, I don't know, put your foot up against the wall or cross your arms, like just something to like draw sensory perception back towards you. But I bet Grac is just standing there perfectly still. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) there was the, he, he, he is trying apparently to discover anti-humor or put points into comedy, which I need (laughs) to know. I desperately need to know what comedy does like, uh, like, uh, specifically, um, you know so probably you know, makes people
0: like you more or lets you say true things uh that are uncomfortable to hear lets you diffuse
1: awkward situations I I guess I don't know I'm just curious you know it, what I what I'm really curious about is you know does the same joke work better if you have a level 20 comedy you know maybe maybe you're just better at delivery but yeah you know I, I would
0: imagine you're both better at delivery and um better at knowing when to insert it or like even what jokes to tell maybe you would tell a slightly different joke if you have a higher comedy rating
1: yeah i suppose i just if it if it works better because your skill is level 50 in comedy it means that you're fucking with people's minds right but you're also kind of doing that on earth if you're a level 50 comic we just don't keep track yeah. of it with levels um, right okay all right I'm, I'm comfortable with it again anyway he says mm-hmm. So apparently soul soul magic is outlawed and he says if you outlaw soul manipulation, only the outlaws will have manipulated souls. Very true. And yeah. kind of a good point. And nobody laughs. I, I he hasn't earned a point in comedy yet. He needs to tell more jokes. I guess well, bad also, jokes don't count.
0: I Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess like, you know, missing your target a lot probably wouldn't increase your aiming skill either. Well no, because you're still trying to hit it. I don't know. Maybe think- he's just got his comedy high enough that it takes more than one or two jokes
1: now. I'll go back and look at his character sheet that we saw a few chapters ago and see what it said on comedy. Um, I don't remember him ever getting points into it. But, but nobody laughed because this was like
0: a pretty serious thing, apparently. The uh, soul Athenaeum was raised to the ground and pretty much everyone involved was killed. So uh, it almost sounds like, you know, joking about the Holocaust or, you know, about 9-11 soon after 9-11 or something it uh kind of sounds like they might want to keep this quest a secret because if you tell people yeah i'm i'm looking to get my soul fucked with they they might uh not not be not be liking what you're trying to do
1: yeah apparently this has some uh some historical context that makes this a real nasty thing um i do kind i'm really curious about you know is this on the level of like necromancy bad or even worse she said that like they had I don't know, ruined people and made them like shells of themselves or something by doing this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I did check because I couldn't control myself. His comedy is at six, which means that at some point during the montage chapter, he also sat there rehearsing stand-up that he'd heard at Fen and Amaryllis, which I love that visual.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, this is actually the point where Fen says boo because he apologizes and says <laughs> that was
1: a joke. I, I don't think it was that bad of a joke. She, she She's, it, she's it too hard Yeah, yeah, but I guess it's not funny. So, Um, Mm -hmm. all right. So now they're like, all right, well, that that's obviously what we got to do now. Then we got to go kill a unicorn, Um, and then we get another awesome flashback to uh, when he invents them or when they come across the first one that he invented. And yes, Raymer.
0: And as soon as soon (laughs) as they see the unicorn, Raymer starts says, "I shoot it."
1: you spot it for the first time i shoot it
0: he was playing an archer cleric who uttered the words i shoot it at least 20 times a session
1: he's he's got it figured out i mean you know why why am i gonna dawdle i
0: kind of feel like as the dm if someone just if you just described something walking up and immediately the person says i shoot it i would give them a plus one to their initiative roll i'd be like okay you have committed on very little evidence you get extra bonus to going first
1: i like this um and you know 18 even with a modifier is a pretty high roll, um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't like you know graze the unicorn's fur after the the time you know whatever it the unicorn knocks away in 18 when that to me plus like all the time shenanigans was was like oh that's why they're dangerous you know so we get we get laid out what makes them so scary um yeah when uh I, I, it shift position. Arthur asks how when it
0: knocked its uh, knocked the arrow away with its horn. He rolls a 22 for perception, and then June tells them, you have two distinct memory tracks. In one, the arrow is loosed from the bow and about to hit the unicorn, but that memory ends before it would have happened. In the other, the unicorn moved naturally and fluidly to get his horn into position before the arrow was loosed.
1: Yeah, so they. Uh, th- this makes me think of... So, you know, obviously... I spent, I tried, well, I tried to spend a while thinking of like, all right, how do you kill this thing? Um, You know, you do something that it can't survive is one obvious. I mean, that's the obvious thing, right? But then what does that, what does that mean? If it can do this, it's not clear during this encounter, during the the flashback, whether it can do two timelines or or all of them or what, right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, if I shot it from the left and the right side, like, all right, we we, we bum-rushed it. Is that good enough? Um, it seems like it probably won't be, um, but... Yeah, especially because,
0: like, this is a really cool thing. When it charges and uh, gores, I think it was Raymer's character, uh, he has two memories, one of him charging and goring, and the other of him coming to a stop uh, next to him. And what actually happens is the unicorn comes to a stop next to him. His horn is bloodless and clean. But Raymer still gets scored and takes 16 damage. So apparently it can mix and match what happens with the various timelines in a sort of cut snip sort of way, which, holy shit, that's really fucking
1: awesome. Yeah, that level of shenanigan, uh, is that like my word for the week? Um, It's not a bad word, man. That level of of hackery isn't involved in their fight with the actual unicorn, which is nice. Um, It seems like it has to actually commit to whatever timeline it settles on. Uh, if it if it got to mix and match, that this would be a whole other thing, right? Um, yeah. But it has it has to pick one, which helps a lot. Uh,
0: well, oh, you mean in the actual unicorn, right? Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This the one that in their in their dungeon in their D and D game, um, it got to do what you said, yeah, which was insane. Luckily, the one they actually fight isn't that hard to kill. Um, but the one they actually
0: fight looks like it has re- access to basically infinite revisions, rather than just two.
1: Yeah. So, but. It's, uh, so I was thinking of two characters from worm. Um, one can kind of do where basically simulates another reality and then, uh, he can kind of live both realities at once and then he gets to just pick which one he stays in. Um, cool. Apparently word of God says he's not making an alternate timeline. He's just, uh, like simulating another reality really well. Um, okay. But it, it, it not just really well, perfectly. And so okay. like if he wants to he can capture and torture somebody and then also not do that but he gets to keep the knowledge from both timelines Uh so it's this is this is cooler than that this is closer to contessa who basically she's got the the path to victory power which is always my stupid answer i give whenever the question is what power would you pick um that or whatever you call dr manhattan um but uh you know you've Give her a pocket knife and tell her to kill whatever, 30 aliens from the movie Alien, and she would find a way to do it, right? Um, yeah. She's like, all right, no, no, that's too easy. Give me three throwing stars and a blindfold, and I got this. Um, <clears throat> so the, the unicorn's more like that. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Um, I wonder, you know, if the universe would just fucking explode if June had a bunch of points in revision magic, right? <laughs> that, Yeah. Uh, how do you rewind across a bunch of of simulated or attempted or partial or collapsed timelines or whatever um mm-hmm. the other the other you know
0: i mean I would imagine you just pause the game because you can keep doing it as long as you want in whatever the top layer is
1: yeah I don't know my nose is bleeding i can't I can't get <laughs> through it um, I mean
0: worst case scenario the dm gets really bored having to run you know a week's worth of simulations for the next three rounds of combat.
1: <laughs> yeah so what, what probably ends up happening is you roll an at one on revision magic and get gored by the unicorn because the dm isn't having fun with this um yeah so there was another thing that the unicorn can do which is like uh like move behind things that it has no business being able to hide behind
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is just like a funny i don't even know how, that's that's the kind of like subtle creative thing i would never think of you know it, oh. it, i i wonder if i had like you know the the someone's like hey try to think of a cool crazy hard to fight superpower i imagine i might think of the the unicorn business especially because i've got a couple of examples to, to copy that from um mm-hmm. but the but the subtle little thing of like oh yeah also it can hide behind small trees even though it's huge like <laughs> that that's and not
0: just, just hide behind them like it can move behind one and come out behind a. Different one on the other side of the clearing.
1: Oh yeah, it fully teleports. But just the idea that like I'm gonna step behind this tree now, and like a cartoon, you know, its mm-hmm. giant bulk is hidden by a tree that it couldn't get all the way behind before it starts showing up on the other side of it. I think that's just hilarious. And I never yeah, would have been awesome. able to think of that that random power. Um, you know, teleporting from from one spot that you can't see to another spot you can't see again. That's almost classic. But just the whole hiding thing, it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. Just like this giant horse just taking a couple sideways steps and like just being gone behind a tree, like the thickness of a la- of a lamp pole, like mm-hmm. it's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do like we this. We are
0: on to the last chapter, the feminine mystique,
1: the feminine mystique, which, you know, for the fancy title, I thought there'd be more feminine mystique involved, but <laughs> if there is, it's all off screen. Um, so we, I like it. They just, they teleport in fully combat ready, you know, Knives, you know, heads up, knives out, guns up, ready to rock and roll. And... Rack immediately puts up a ward against skin. That's right. And they're not attacked immediately. But if they were, they'd been ready for it. Yes. Um, They do bring Amaryllis along, which, like, I guess was obvious, but still surprised me because she's super, like, she's not a a liability at all, or she's only a liability in this fight. I -hmm. guess, like, I don't know why it caught me off guard. Like, wait, what the hell is she doing here? She's just going to get them killed. But, like, oh, yeah, she's the bait. Like... Yeah. I don't know. I I tripped up on that for a minute. But without her, the unicorn would be
0: like, eh, fuck off.
1: Yeah. I mean I guess
0: now it has a reason
1: to come. You know, I wonder how much of the unicorn they need, like how much blood it takes to do all the healing. Like if was just a few drops, like could they just like circle the forest with C four and then teleport away, (laughs) blow up the forest and then come back two hours later and find a scrap of meat to suck some blood out of? Like
0: (laughs) Well, apparently they needed quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so um, I don't know how to you you summarize what goes on here. Uh, I I'm doing too much talking.
0: Okay, so they uh, they shoot an arrow at the at the unicorn more to see what's going to happen than anything else. Because what's the point of just sitting around looking at each other? <laughs> I and shoot it. He yeah, exactly, <laughs> and he does the exact same thing where they have two memories, and uh, the the one that they that actually happens is that he moves the horn exactly in the right position to knock the arrow out of the way. And, uh, June thinks, all right, well, let's see what happens if I shoot it with a void rifle. And then he has this thing where like, I was about to squeeze the trigger and shoot it before a thought occurred to me. Is there any reason that it would just stand there and let me shoot it? And I, that was like a really good thought. I had sudden spookers when he said that because, um, maybe he's going to make the void rifle blow up in your hands or something. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to take that risk if he's just looking at me, being like, bring it, bro. And uh, I'm glad you called that June... out because I
1: had the same like ominous trepidation there, but I didn't register enough to write that down. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And then June like starts to wonder how exactly is this thing working? Uh, he says, I was pretty confident that simulating actual alternate timelines was right out. And I don't know why he thinks that because I'd like, like I said, You have basically unlimited time to do it if you're willing to just put the game on pause and run multiple simulations. But um, I guess he thinks... I guess what he was thinking was all the timelines of the entirety of Airb for everyone all the time, which, yeah, sure, you you couldn't do that. But, you know, you could absolutely run all the timelines for this little section of forest if you wanted to. All the relevant timelines, anyway.
1: Yeah, I... I was confused by that, too. And there's always this like assumption made whenever anyone's talking about any sort of simulation stuff that they're just running on better Earth computers. And it's like, why would it be constrained by your understanding of the physics of computer technology? Right. Like, for all you know, the the made-up version of computers on Earth is just the really easy bullshit to simulate on the actual physics that run actual computers. And Mm. it, you know... Not only can I simulate all the timelines of all 9,000 hells and all whatever 10 billion square miles of air, but I can, I can do that while, I don't know, uh, playing five other games like, and it doesn't even warm up my computer. Like, you know, I'm, I'm also mining Bitcoin right now, like, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, so it, that, that always, that, that I wasn't persuaded by that either, but I do sympathize with where he's coming from. Like, okay. Yeah. This, this seems like it's just too much. You know, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that line of reasoning. Um,
0: and he does, uh, and then he goes on to think, so I guess he was thinking that just a full simulation of everything all the time, because uh, he goes on to mention that if the DM was going to cut corners like that, which I believe he means to be like only simulating all the timelines of this little forest, uh, then there was no way that he would simulate a stupid number of timelines, especially since he was only really interested in the ones where the unicorn won. And you had a comment on that.
1: I think that with your articulating there, it cleared it up a bit for me because I got the impression of reading this the first and second time that he was thinking the DM wants the unicorn to win, but I don't think that he does. I think the DM doesn't want June to lose any more than June wanted his friends to lose his games. I think what he's saying here instead is that, like, if we're if we're running reality simulations, we only need to find out does the Unicorn win or does June win, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard when you're playing a role-playing game like that because like Arthur said, it is collaborative and you don't want your party to die. Like that is why you have the DM screen that you can make the rolls behind it and fudge things in their favor if it comes to that point or, you know, fudge things against them if a fight is being too easy or something. But um, yeah, there's, there's times when like people just, do something really stupid, or the fight is really tough, and it comes down to a role that everyone can see. And sometimes you just have to let the players die because to not do that breaks breaks the game world. It, it now like everybody's like, oh, okay, so nothing we do matters because you will never let us die. So who cares? Like there has to be the ability for people to die. So it's it's kind of a tricky balance to. To fudge things because you want to keep playing and you don't want to see them die, but also to actually have there still be a risk of them dying if things really do go very bad.
1: Yeah, you got to keep it, uh, you know, on that knife's edge between being totally unfun and just ruining suspension of disbelief. Um,
0: and I would agree with you. Basically, the DM doesn't really want June to lose any more than June did, but that's like assuming that the DM is has got some sort of morals or not even morals just an emotional makeup similar to us and isn't you know a sadistic person or someone who hates june and wants to see him punished or various other things maybe not even an actual human so we don't know anything about the dm maybe maybe he does want june to lose or to suffer or something
1: yeah i mean yeah I, I mean i think suffer definitely lose no um you know it He's been rewarded with too many super convenient level ups for that to be the case. Um, you know, there's no reason he couldn't have just bled out and died of rat rot. You know, uh, it was he stepped out into the city and oh, look at that. You know, you completed the quest. Hey, level up. Um, that one was pretty convenient. Although that was also the tutorial. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe no one dies in the tutorial.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I feel like you definitely could if he is stupid enough. But yeah, I think it makes it right. Puts, it puts on, you know, training wheels um yeah and that was its version of training wheels um anyway so he's trying to think of like all right how do we how do we do science on this thing and his plan is fen i want you to point straight at him uh draw your your war bow and wait six seconds at full draw then release if you see him move at all or you get the feeling through your elf luck that he's going to move then you release before the time is up but only after three seconds have passed and uh this reminded me that a turn in D anD D is six seconds, right? I believe so. And so, I mean, I haven't played the latest version, but I, I think so. I think it, and for some reason, that's oh, I'm that's from um uh the fanfic that I read called uh, Harry Potter and the Natural Twenty. Uh, okay, I believe it is six seconds, and so, and that was also the thing with the relativistic railgun, where handing somebody something is a free action, mm-hmm. and yeah. if I hand it to enough people, then. And that's all happening in six seconds. Then this thing's traveling at you know a reasonable fraction of the speed of light. Um, so I, I I guess what I did I was trying to think of like something significant about the fact that it can rewind like half a turn. But yeah, this really hasn't shown itself to work on turns. Um, certainly, you know, fights don't take six seconds where they take turns hitting each other every six seconds or something. Uh,
0: yeah, but I get the feeling it doesn't. It doesn't have. Or if it does have turns, they aren't, like, six-second turns at any rate.
1: Yeah. It just seems to, like, maybe it be a three-second thing. So... Um, yeah. So, anyway, the, the horse isn't having any of this. He's just... He'll just leave behind trees. Um, yeah.
0: After about two seconds, it moves because it knows it can only rewind time th- or whatever it does, loop uh, in three-second increments. So it doesn't want an arrow pointed at it for that long.
1: Yeah. And... I think it's not even an arrow. It knows that like, oh yeah, if I stand here, it's going to turn into whatever, 32 arrows or something. Um, so uh, I just, I like how it just keeps noping the fuck out of there and running around. Um, June's genius plan is to uh, try and chug his nicotine and give it to the horse through his tattoo that lets him imbue poisons into people. Even mm-hmm. though he knows that poison doesn't do anything to to the unicorn, um, mm-hmm. and it's not even clear to me what a, a small jar of nicotine would do. That you know, if you drink it and you're not gonna you know fall over from feeling very very sick very fast, like if it's not enough to make you you know fall over and stomach wrenching pain, then it's not enough to kill a horse. <laughs> uh, certainly not a magic horse. Uh,
0: well, I don't know how fast nicotine can kill you. Maybe it would take a few minutes. So. I'm just saying it, it would Maybe. probably it
1: would hurt your stomach just to drink it. I think.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. I have no idea. We sh- we should find someone who who bottles nicotine and ask them if they've ever tried to drink some.
1: I mean, I've tasted uh, uh, vape juices. Um, it's, oh, it's not. Did it make your stomach clench up? Yeah, it's not pleasant. Uh, okay. You know, so I can't imagine trying to just take a, a small spoonful. I feel like you know, I. He'd probably have to roll a will check just to keep drinking. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> anyway i just like how that was that was his plan i think amaryllis was just like oh he's here for me and uh her uh fen she's not having any of this she's like oh so we're entertaining idiotic death wish scenarios because mine is that i stab it in the throat but i'm so good at stabbing it in the throat that there's no possible scenario what runs me st- where it runs me straight through instead of just dying uh fen's awesome yeah <laughs> Drag
0: suggests with enough healing magic, it might be possible to entrap the unicorn in a warped ward, which I don't know what that means, but apparently was an actual viable suggestion. Because Fen says no, it's got to be something like June's or Mary's, where you're putting all the weight of the adventure directly <laughs> on your spine.
1: Yeah, no, no, uh, um, no, real ideas that might actually work. Only idiot- only idiotic death wishes. Yes, and uh, I do like man how this shook out. There were so many cool bits you know this timeline fuckery also just worked for like a great um storytelling uh device trick tool mechanic because you don't know what's happening until it tells you which one happened right yeah so amaryllis just takes off her helmet and goes out and uh uh, i'm gonna have to read this whole thing because it's so weird um Mm. all right it's great but so she walks out and she said, it's me. She said, the unicorn. And I pulled it out because it's either a typo or a clue. Um, I think
0: that's a typo. I've, I've never noticed that once in the... I guess I've only
1: read it twice now.
0: But in the two times I've read it, like my eyes just went right over it. And I even read it the second time after seeing your note. And I still didn't notice it.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Half the time I read like from right to left and get confused. But when I'm being super deliberate, I guess I'm, I'm able to... Uh, you know, I have to read each one right after the other. But did um, you
0: say you read from right to left?
1: Not correctly. Like I just, I, I trip things up. Um, like if I glance, at, oh. if I glance at something quickly, that's why I'm such a slow reader. I, I like, oh. I really need to put a deliberate effort into uh, focusing on it. Um, gotcha. I'm not. I don't know. I've never timed my reading. I'll do that at some point and get some estimate of where I fall within standard deviations of the average reading speed. But I'm yeah. way slower than I'd like to be, and I'm way slower than people I know. Basically, everybody yeah, I know. Um same here. Um, I, for the most part, that's true with me. There's
0: some people I know that read slower, but I am very much on the slow end of reading speed of people yeah. that
1: I know. But that means we comprehend more, so high five to us. Hell yeah. In general. That's anyway. why we have analysis podcasts. Yeah. Because of our good comprehension due to slow reading. Your speed readers can't handle this.
0: That's right. Your speed listeners can't. That's why we, can, they need us. Yeah. And that's why they you know, need to give us money on Patreon, <laughs> because we're taking all the time <laughs> to slow read for them.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. You guys do whatever you got to do. Uh, <laughs> all right. So th- I gotta, I gotta read this. Um, so she says, it's me, your sweet little girl, your darling, come back to you still pure and innocent, still untouched by man, still unawakened to the pleasure of the flesh. That's what you want, isn't it? Your trembling, virginal, doe-eyed beauty returned, yours to capture again. And <sighs> yeah, <boy. laughs> super uncomfortable, right? Um, yeah, I, forget, oh, it's when she's doing more of that same talk. Um, which uh, since I'm already in the the mode of reading, I'm gonna do that. and then I'll jump back because it doesn't anyway, she says later, it was those mean men who took me from you who whisked me away, even though I clawed at the ground, trying to stay with you. I was chaste and pure and modest while I waited until I could go back to you back to the only creature that could ever protect me. And at that point, like I was already so freaked out by like the way she was talking. I was, I had like gotten over the freak out bit and I was like, you know, if Quirrell was a hot teenage virgin lass, he'd be, (laughs) he'd be this good of a liar too. Like, this is exactly the level of, uh, you know, when Quirrell was trying to, um, uh, uh, he kept obliviating and and trying to to tempt um, Hermione to the dark Hermione? side. You yeah. know, he he was doing the similar sort of thing. I think with some as much you know with half as much uh, uh, c- capability. But
0: so I think Steve is calling it right now. AP equals QQ.
1: Yeah. Oh right. A- yeah yeah. I I'm real Pendrack.
0: Yeah. The so. The w- one thing that kind of stuck out to me she says still unawakened to the pleasures of the flesh she's 17 right yeah maybe she's lying no i mean maybe she is lying but i i kind of get the feeling that the unicorn might know like did she specifically avoid masturbating just in the off chance that she might need to come back to the unicorn at some point
1: that seems like a super paranoid stretch goal to be concerned with but it's not impossible i guess Um, I I have heard that some girls just aren't interested in masturbation. It, it could be that I, I'm going to just assume that since this thing is obsessed with like, you know, uh, chastity and and virginity and, and, you know, untainted by man, that it's specifically that kind of, uh, you know, fresh pleasure.
0: Oh, so even if like, she, she'd like done the oral sex or the bus sex, it would have been okay because the, the,
1: the, (laughs) the, what what is it? I imagine the whores would be pissed about that. Oh, if it okay, involves okay. anybody else,
0: maybe, right? I-, I always heard that God can't hear if you come in the back door, so that's why it's okay if you're a, a hardcore Christian. The poop
1: hole loophole.
2: <laughs> I had not heard that term. All right. <laughs> oh, my
0: God.
1: You're one of today's lucky 10,000.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am indeed.
1: Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. So then the unicorn kills Amaryllis. Yeah, runs right up and kills her. Um, Like, so when that first happened, I completely threw out all the timeline fuckery. I thought this thing was just here to win. And so I'm like, hold on. It just fucking stabbed her. I didn't think she was dead because I was like, all right. So now their plan is they're going to, you know, attack while it's, you know, busy or, you know, like while it's shaking Amaryllis off its horn or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're going to take it down. And I'm like, she should have at least told the team like, Hey, when I'm impaled on it, will you guys strike? And then suddenly it didn't do that. Um, And so like it, it's just there to be like, Hey, I, you know, I could kill you. Um, Yeah. And then of course she says, Oh, you you could kill me. Thank you for showing me that you're so big and strong and handsome. That's why I'm here to let you, let you take me away from these people. So you can use your big, strong muscles and long, powerful horn to protect me from anyone who might try to defile me (laughs) i just had to call out and i'm like anyone else feel gross i feel gross
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) she's doing such a good job like it's it's
0: insane and apparently this is exactly what the horse wants to hear it's just i mean i guess this this idea of june's idea of a medieval sexist fuckwad is really really up there like damn
1: with horse intelligence and all of that stuff turned up to eleven, I'm guessing. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I do need to take this moment to point out that the horn is a penis, of course. That and I don't. Yeah, and and like it keeps penetrating her with the horn, but then revises it away, so it didn't actually happen. So it gets to have the thing where it fucks her, but she's still a virgin anyway, due to its magic, which is just a, kind of a cherry on top of this whole thing
1: yeah the the phallic imagery there is uh no doubt intentional, yeah um, or maybe just a happy coincidence, but either way it it fits right um, yep oh yeah then then the next like so he keeps doing this, like I think she's like hey can i can I ride you and then he kind you know the horse is yeah all right, sure, and um and then hims
0: put down on her face yeah yeah, just just to do it again, like you know. Yeah, I'm nice, but I can fucking kill you if you betray me. And, like, this... I mean, again, this is, like, all the benefits. Like I said before, you could you can fuck her, but she's still a virgin. This is the benefits of being, like, a violent, abusive husband without the drawbacks of actually having, you know, a beat-up, swollen, bruised-faced wife, you know? You can beat her and abuse her all you want, and at the end, oh, no, honey, it's okay. It didn't really happen. So, it's just fucked
1: yeah i i'll be honest i haven't successfully mentally modeled this horse well enough to understand why at this point it felt the need to flex how strong it is at her and you know put a nice memory of him slamming her face in like i get the feeling this would be something that it does
0: on the regular with any girl that it has just like you have the whole abuse cycle in in violent
1: abusive relationships the horse would do this regularly that sucks I would uh-huh. like to think that you know, if it got some ten-year-old girl that wanted to keep nice and chaste, that it would like. I guess I'm still pictu- I'm I'm still tying it in with nice unicorns, right? Where it only turns into this savage, you know, time fucking asshole if it feels like its its precious virgins are in danger or something. Uh, but oh, I, I'm sure it would have some penetration with
0: the horn going fairly frequently I, too. I bet
1: you're right. It's probably a dick all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, this was awesome. Um, yes she she does she She gets up on the horse yeah and And
0: wraps her arms around it and starts whispering in her ear and without the horse knowing at some point activates her immobility plate so she
1: is completely immovable for uh for quite a while at least three seconds oh okay so that's why she whispered in its ear because she wanted to have an excuse for why i'm down leaning on you like this and that had to last longer than three seconds so he couldn't rewind and have her not do that uh-huh. Oh, there was another level to the genius here. I thought that like once she was there and grabbed him, like she's there and grabbed him. But you're right. No, because he could have
0: revised it. to three seconds yeah. Yeah, before she yeah, before she turned it on.
1: She just leans down and whispered, like, You're such a big strong horse with such a big powerful horn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, gross. Um yeah. anyway, this was awesome. So then she screams now and like she breaks character perfectly. This is another one of those just awesome, you know, Voldemort moments, right? Um mm-hmm. This, you know, she she adopted the character so perfectly. She kept her voice all, you know, small and and demurred the entire time. And it doesn't say now shouted, now screamed Amaryllis, right? Yeah. And she, it's, uh, this, this was, this was fun too. Um, apparently while it's there freaking out in all the timelines, a, I'm sure everyone's getting a headache because they're going through a bunch of these too, but everything June does, uh, maxes out his skills Um, because he apparently does it in all the timelines and he gets the skill bonuses and every
0: they all add up to the the, whatever one it happens in the end
1: i'm so disappointed that they i mean you know they only had a few seconds here to to manage what they were going to do here and he did (laughs) use that time very wisely so you know huge props because he he did basically all he could in those seconds but Mm. if they had any idea that something like this could have happened he could have brought a gem he could have uh um done maybe his maybe his blood magic is, is maxed out but like you know every i mean i figured just hey you know tell it it's got a long sexy horn and tell it a corny <laughs> joke about vegetables right like
0: well i mean he's also trying to kill the thing at the same time i, I don't know how much he can
1: dedicate to not shooting it to death well he does two things not shooting it to death one he pops a bone for speed and he releases a snake from one of his tattoos
0: well, popping the bone for speed is helping him with the killing it. And releasing the snake probably only took like
1: the quickest flicker of thought. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm getting a main major props for thinking to do that. That's uh, true. Yes. And I, that snake better made it out of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I, when I, when I was reading this, because I, again, I do make an effort to stop every time that like I make a comment. So like, if it's explained in the next sentence, I, you know, try not to get that far ahead. So when he, when he drops the snake, I'm like, wait, secret snake plan? Or is he just using this opportunity to upgrade skin magic? Um, mm-hmm. Then I figured, you know, he could have sang at the horse and tried to flatter it or whatever, right? But <laughs> yeah. um, I think that he did all he could with the few seconds that he had here. And the snake was a really smart idea to get skin magic all the way up there. Um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, if they feel like coming back to try and find another unicorn and he comes better prepared, uh, maybe a great opportunity to just, you know, tell the game to go fuck itself and max out all of his skills in 10 seconds, but yeah, anyway, uh, how do they kill it? So, so Fen runs away and basically just hits it with the, uh, the artillery shot, right? hmm And June, uh, this was
0: a hole in its chest with the void rifle.
1: Yeah, and this was funny too, he gets one critical failure, I mean, maybe he gets more because there's too many alerts, but we don't get any, um, uh, critical hits in all these timelines. Well, uh,
0: because the, 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 the unicorn wouldn't pick a timeline with a critical, uh, hit in it.
1: God, that's like, so I think true. it actually awesome.
0: picked the timeline with the critical failure. Yeah. Cause it has infinite tries.
1: Yeah, man. That's wild. Uh, yeah. 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 And so-
0: that's why, even though he shot right through its heart with the, you know, at point blank range with the rifle, it still managed to miss every major organ.
1: So cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, unicorn defeated, uh, yes, you know, this was challenging but it was f- i well okay hold on let me get some thoughts in order here um my first thought was this isn't as hard like as some of the other things they've had to do you know overall this was fairly easy no one even really got hurt and the ones who did immediately recovered from it right um this seems and like june, the kind of thing they could do again
0: june did point out like uh in our last episode we um riff briefly on the fact that june says you know what based on video game logic, I should have just gotten all the items I need to defeat the unicorn when we defeated the gold mage. We just got to find out how to use them creatively. And technically he's right. They got the immobility plate, which is the key thing they needed. And they got Amaryllis to use as bait, which uh, is the thing that allowed someone with immobility plate to mount
1: the unicorn. And there's the, you make two good, those are good points. And there's the other one that, that uh, Raymer would have made, which is that only together, in in tandem, could they have done this, right? Yeah, the party was able to defeat the unicorn. Not not one of them could,
0: right? And they couldn't have done it without Gregg to ward against the skin magic, so that they were safe for it from it for a while.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they 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 were all they all had essential roles to play here, and this is just coming to that point of you know having a fleshed out party means that you can basically do anything. Um, technically, the only person that wasn't needed was June. Yeah, I suppose so. He didn't really help um you know he gave the idea about the three second you know test and all that 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 might yeah. have been the insight that amaryllis needed to know you know to how long to whisper in his ear and stuff um you know having a team uh brainiac sounds valuable uh, it does yeah i wonder i'm just trying to think of anything else and I'd, I'd need to look at his character sheet again to see what he could have done else to, this is
0: more supporting evidence to th- Fen's theory
1: that she's the real protagonist. <laughs> Maybe. Man, if the story goes that way, that would be quite the... Like, you know, the story is told from the perspective the of... Yeah, the story is told from the, the point of view of the secondary character. Um, yeah. Which can happen. Uh, it would just yeah, I mean, be interesting. Sherlock and Holmes. Not Sherlock and Holmes. <laughs> Sherlock and Watson. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, I I will be surprised. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, Fen might use this as, a, as evidence that she's the, the protagonist. Um, okay, so they kill the unicorn. And yes. uh, the best thing in the world happens. Amaryllis mm. gets, down, gets down there and she's got a bunch of holes in her you know, legs and stuff from being shot with artillery shot. It took the timeline that had the least, you know, arrows hitting it, but it was still too many, right? Yeah. Fucking yeah. boss. This thing is awesome. Um, and so Amaryllis, you know, falls off of it rolls over rips out an arrow and starts sucking blood out of it um june does grab a cup and i try to give her some and like she just i don't i can't remember if she drains the cup or she goes right back to the hole but then she gets up and raises both both of her fists in the air and goes whoa fuck you fuck you you stupid fucking horse (laughs) so when i know that when you
0: read that you texted me with that line and I had not yet done this week's reading, so I looked down at that and I was like, okay, I'm sure that has to come from the Unicorn chapter, but I don't exactly remember it. So out of context, it was pretty fucking cool.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, the, I'm the i glad that it was a good laugh. I just, I loved that the, uh, I mean, there at this point, it wasn't even clear to me that she was tripping balls yet um you know that that comes up in a second when she says i feel so fucking good as she's shouting and trying to take her armor off um so i'm like oh okay she's rolling hard um but the like the rest of it could have just been explained by the fact that like i knew i was at death's door this was an almost impossible fight we won fuck yeah um yeah and she even grabs uh june and slams her teeth into his teeth um and uh then Oh wait, this is funny too. The high won't last longer than 1d4 hours.
2: Yes, uh, that's great. My
1: first read was 1 day 4 hours. Why would you abbreviate it that way? It's saying that ah. Uh. This is the first time I think the game has told us. By the way, I'm rolling dice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, so I, I I guess I don't have much much else to say on that other than the other than that was quite the insight. And the game in, you know decided to tell June that um yeah. you know things are ro- there are dice rolls involved here uh which i mean it, in theory it could be a joke
0: because we've seen the 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 quest system make jokes before but i you know it it could also be actually it rolled 1d4 to see how many hours it would last.
1: yeah i guess we'll see if they come down at the same time or if one comes down exactly you know an hour increment or you know whatever uh x hours and not fractions of hours
0: mm-hmm. anyway that's fun i yeah, it was cool that she like kissed June because he's like, I did it because I thought you would like that.
1: Oh yeah, I did because I because I knew you'd been wanting me to or something. Oh, because uh, you'd been wanting me to, yeah. yeah. Like you know, I mean,
0: and, and she asks Sven to go through it for naked run through the woods.
1: Yeah, because uh, I'm feeling really fucking good and I should probably burn off some of this energy and I'm not gonna die and <laughs> oh my god and uh, yeah. she knows how to party and I you know they 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 did have a cup full of this stuff. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a, a limit on how much they can keep, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, this isn't the kind of healing stuff they can do mid-combat, because then you just no. start trying to roll with your combatant. But, uh, I mean, I guess you could also like you could drug somebody it, with this. That's true. I and wonder if, if this counts as blood, a poison it- that June could do that tattoo with. Oh, that'd be really cool.
0: Yeah. I I also, like, wonder if it's blood. Like, is it magic blood that stays good forever? Or do they got to find, like, a freezer or something?
1: that's a good question hmm
0: yeah well we will possibly find out next week when we read the next chapters
1: yeah i i don't know i mean you you know the answer probably unless they just never address it if you had to guess right now are they able to store and transport this blood or do you think that like with uh the unicorns and harry potter like the unicorn must die in the drinking and it has to be drunk from the horse?
0: Based on the fact that they can have the fairies just in infinite supply whenever they wanted, I would think that they could probably do the same thing with the unicorn
1: blood if they find some way to store it. I like it. I I would I would lead the other way and assume that no, sorry, no free no free trips. You gotta you gotta kill a, a unicorn every time you want to you know enjoy the benefits of killing one. But man, if not, you gotta imagine how much. I think if buying unicorn blood was an option, they might have tried that. That said, it probably goes for something like uh. 50 pounds of gold per teaspoon so yeah
0: seriously considering that it can cure anything
1: yeah and i mean even if you need i don't know uh, a quart to get the cure like if it just gave you this kind of roll, like this would be uh, 50 pounds of gold is a lot for a drug trip but uh
0: honestly this is something that would go straight to the king that would be like yep next time i get cancer or whatever i have this backup of unicorn blood
1: yeah um let's see oh so uh June does have the, the presence of mind to try it, to cure his bonitis, um, which, you know, I'm I'm glad they tried it. We know it won't work because it's soul fuckery. But like he said, it'd be stupid not to try it. And uh, yeah. Fen just, you know, lets him, uh, whatever, get his fill and then kind of pulls him back and sits on him so that he can't presumably rip his clothes off and go whatever, you know.
0: <laughs> running naked in the forest. Yeah.
1: Presumably either getting lost or getting hurt. I guess if he gets hurt, yeah. they can drag him back to the horse and have him keep drinking. Yeah, I like yeah. how when I'm talking about the whole, I, I I noticed this as I was thinking about it. When I'm talking about the uni- the unicorn, I address it in my head and in speech as either the unicorn. When I'm thinking about it as this badass, um, imposing enemy, and I call it the horse when I'm like denigrating it, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was vindicating for Emerald to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you stupid <laughs> fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this so what you now
0: you got to tell us uh why are you named the big lebowski because it's here in this your final comment yeah
1: so he the 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 chapter ends with him leaning back and entering one of those magic we don't get the music or the cutscene, but it's the same he's he i was waiting for it and i could feel the effects start drip through my mind holistic integrity thresholds on my personality be damned he's doing one of those music transition scenes from the big lebowski yes. yeah that, that's that's why i chose that name for this one I think there was only one, right? There were like three there there, oh, were, well, there enough were a few that that with their
0: transition the, scenes, but there was only one really big one when he did the drugs
1: uh there were at least three music cutaways. I know that because on subsequent rewatches they start to get really annoying.
0: hm okay,
1: I mean it's not they, they don't last gratuitously long, but it's like, okay, yeah, this was funny the first time. maybe they are okay. maybe there's one longer one, but I know there are at least two or three magic or uh, you know music tripping cutscene sort of things. Cool.
0: All right. I will have to go back and watch it again. And that is never a bad time. All right.
1: So, so what are we doing for, next week?
0: For next week, there, this is a run of chapters where I don't think there's a very good stopping point. I was thinking uh, going through either 44 or 45. That would be five chapters. We'd have to be a little bit uh, stricter on the notes. And I don't think we could normally get five chapters in a week. So we are going to be re- reading chapters 41 through
1: 44. We have Truth and Reconciliation, A Pleasant Interlude in Kansas, In Search of a Quest, Mar- Mersey Dotes and Dozy Dotes. God damn, this is going to make me sound stupid. All right, I'm stoked. Cool. This Kansas interlude. If this is him leaving the game to go back to Kansas, I will give you $20. I don't think it's that. I think it's, I, will- I think it's going to be a flashback or something.
0: I, I, I mean, I guess I can't tell you because I would ruin the surprise. This, this isn't a if, conditional
1: bet. This is, this is just me saying that you don't owe me if it's the other way around. Okay. Yeah.
0: If, if it turns out that he goes back to Kansas, I will gladly take your twenty dollars. All right. Cool. Great all right well thank you for joining me uh it was a fun time and i guess we'll see everybody in uh, a week i keep trying to say two weeks but now it's one week for this podcast
1: i had fun too man this is great don't forget to Heck. throw some money at uh alexander Wales. this is his game we're just playing it because when we started doing this i donate to his patreon and i get the email alerts and chapter releases happen and i don't get to do anything about them i get to delete the yeah. email so
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> poor Stephen. <laughs> but anyway um That's that. We'll see you next week. Cool. Bye, everybody.